and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you by J. Michael, fashion for everyone. Good day, ma'am. Hello. Hey, Blake and Aaron. How are you yeah, guys still in? Oh, gosh. Got <laughs> <laughs> you your re- voice back? Are you recovered? Um, a, a, a little bit. Mm, no. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm hearing I'm hearing uh, the station in the background. There we go. All right. Um, so yes, I was out for a few days trying to recover from whatever this is. But let's go ahead and jump into it. Quite a bit happened. Uh, was it COVID, by the way? No, it's just a good old fashioned. Okay. Like, and so many people around me recently. There's been cold going around. I got no, it. Have oh, have, oh yeah, and people. Uh, have oh, oh my god! Like I spent yeah. a lunch with somebody, and it turned out on you know last yeah. week. I was like, oh, by the way, I have COVID. And I was like, Great. yeah, it's been going around uh. yeah, again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so a couple things happened uh, since we last spoke last week. Uh, first of all, the new UPM government has, um, you know, tabled their first budget. Um, lots of interesting things coming out of it, uh, including <laughs> a $50 million school that um, the current premier wants to have built on the black. So hmm. this is something that's causing a lot of controversy in the community, and we'll certainly have an opportunity to discuss it. Um, yeah. It's interesting because their fiscal position isn't really great, which makes you wonder, you know, why they're giving away money to civil servants when they're talking about they're going to be also implementing new revenue measures including increasing a lot of th- things and, you know, increasing work permit application fees and all this other stuff. So huh, we're going to, we're going to break it down because it's interesting how on the one hand they want to give you something that you think is for free, but there is no such thing as a free meal. Mm-mm. So the police were pretty busy um, over the weekend as well. So they had a murder on their hands that unfortunately happened. Um, Oh, gosh, the days now. That would have been Friday night or Saturday night. But it was a weekend murder. Uh, a young man in East End was gunned down and killed. Wow. Uh, the police, yep, they have moved swiftly, however. And they've already uh, made an arrest in that case. And um, we understand that there's at least two other persons of interest that they're looking into as well. What's the motive there? Um, I, we don't know yet. Uh, you know, this guy was... Uh, What's Lamar Rhodes saying? He 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 had a lot of um, lots of connections and in and out of jail all the time, and mm. so any anything is possible in this particular case. To be honest, mm. yeah, it's it was one of those cases where probably not too many people um, were were surprised. So they uh, identified those remains as well. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a very, very interesting case. That's right. The skeleton remains that were discovered have been identified as a missing Jamaican man. Um, You know, we actually um, reported him missing by his family back in July. They reached out, and um, I think they were saying at the time that they felt like he was suffering from, you know, some sort of a depressive episode or something. So, unfortunately... Uh, yeah, the remains um, belong to him. So, so no foul really, play may be expected then. No, no, yeah. And the police are also investigating another sudden death that happened over the weekend. Um, but our sources say that there's no foul play there either. But mm. 
I guess they're doing some initial inquiries. So if you're traveling this morning on the roadway, folks, um, there's a new road layout at Bobby Thompson Way Roundabout. So please, it is raining. It is a rainy day. So take your time. Uh, drive slowly because, you know, with rains, there's two things going to happen. There's going to be traffic delays and traffic accidents. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was fun uh, navigating yeah. that in the dark, in the dark and the rain this morning. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> they should probably, well, I guess they couldn't have necessarily anticipated the rain, although it started raining last night. Maybe put some additional lights up, you know, the temporary lights. They, they, they have they actually. Have, yeah, they do. Oh, and they have good. people outside too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Good for the NRA. Nice work. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. All right. So those are some of yeah. your Monday morning headlines today. Thank you, Sandy. We'll catch you uh, right. coming up on Bobo 89.1 FM. And we'll see you tomorrow for the okay, Tuesday headlines. Glad you're feeling. <coughs> oh, my God. Oh, sorry. Good morning, everybody. Um, yeah. It's going to be a coughing kind of day. Hold on. I need to get my tissue because I'm sure I'm going to need it. My gosh, good morning, everybody. Oh, honey child. What a day. Bigger, bigger, better, better, older, older. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. Come to set the record I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart truth Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live, direct It's the cold hard truth Now, now Join the conversation on 345 936 2626. That number again is 345 936 2626.
Good morning, folks. Good morning. Oi, oi, oi. What's going on this morning? What's going on? Good morning, everyone. Um, my apologies. I didn't realize the phone, the show line is almost dead. I just had to put it on charge uh, so we can take some of your calls a little bit later on in the show. Oh, my goodness. What a mess. It was at 7%. Uh, yeah, I should have probably checked it last night. So busy. All right. Good morning. Graham came in, came in Brack and little Cayman, the beautiful Cayman Islands. And uh, good morning to our Caymanians abroad. We have a number of them all over the world, honey child. They're everywhere. Good morning to all of you. Um, as you can hear, I'm still here <laughs> struggling through this. I don't know, cold, flu. Oh, I never seem to even know what the difference is uh, anymore. Let me send everybody the links. Make sure that you guys have those and we can get started this morning. We have a lot to talk about, Penny Chow. Oh, my God. We got to get caught up. Um, so let's see here now. Oh, good morning. Good morning, K-Man. Good morning. How are you guys doing, honey chill? Good morning. All my brackers might be tuned in today, honey. We're going to talk a little bit about them. But, oh, hold on now. Can I lock the... Oh, I can see my camera's wanting to... Uh, we need to focus. There we go. Almost had it. Almost had it. We need to focus a <laughs> We got to focus a little bit. I tell you what, give me one quick second. I do need to sort at this camera. I think it unlocked itself. One second, because then you're, I'm going to be fuzzy all morning. We don't want that. Hold on. Unfortunately, I can't uh, do it in real time. I'll have to remember to do it after the show. Yes. Um, sometimes the camera settings are supposed to be locked, like uh, in a focus area. And then looks like it somehow got unlocked. So we'll fix that. Otherwise, I'm going to look fuzzy to everybody. And you'll be wondering, is it me? Or is it my glasses? Or why does Sandy look so fuzzy, honey? Chill. Oh, good morning, everyone. What an eventful weekend. Uh, we'll do our Monday Rewind uh, segment here in a second, just to recap what was turned out to be quite a busy weekend, I think, for a lot of people. So I was out sick um, last week. Thank you guys so much for all of the amazing messages. Uh, I was supposed to be off on Friday anyway, because I actually had um, a trip planned. Every December, I try to do a little bit of a getaway. Um, you know, you always have little shopping things to do, but I must tell you this year, I'm going to be a bit of a Scrooge, um, because I just don't have the capacity in so many ways to take on Christmas. <sighs> it's like, you know, now I get it when parents say, you know, they're going to just do things for kids, um, for Christmas, because yeah, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, you can't even think about the adults in your in your life at the moment. Um, you know, how are you going to handle them and all that good stuff? Oh, no. 
So it's definitely going to be um, a very chill Christmas. The Christmas tree is up and there's not a single ornament on it. It's been up for a couple of days now. <laughs> and it's there's not a single ornament on the Christmas tree. I really feel bad about that. But hopefully uh, we can get the Christmas tree sorted maybe today or tomorrow. But everybody around here is a little bit sick. So I don't know. We, we might have an uh, ornamentless Christmas tree. What a mess. Mm-mm. But you know what I always say? These are third world. These are first world. <laughs> these are first world problems. Um, already getting reports of accidents coming in. Oh, Lord have mercy. So, yeah, these are first world problems, you know, um, that we're not going to stress on too, too much. Because, you know, it, it is what it is. So um, it turned out that I had to take Thursday off. That was not my intention. As you know, on Wednesday, I was kind of trying to power through, but I could already see that my voice, I'm drinking Theraflu this morning, by the way, I could, could already see that my voice was kind of going. And um, I tell you what, I honestly, um, you know, just really, oh my gosh, um, just felt like I needed to take the day. Like I couldn't talk. And I was already straining myself. And then knowing that on Thursday afternoon, I was actually traveling. I thought, oh, you know, sometimes we kind of push it a little bit too much. Um, I, I'm not a person who likes to like just lie in bed and be like, oh, I need to call in sick. But at the same time, I do recognize that sometimes your body actually forces you to rest. And um, resting is not a bad thing, right? We all have so much stuff to do. But honestly... If we're not taking care of ourselves, then, um, you know, what's the sense in that really? So I took uh, the day off and I must say that um, I was able to get a little bit of rest. Like I slept in until seven o'clock in the morning, not really all that late, but um, I did get some rest and, uh, you know, that kind of helped me power through. And one of the crazy things is you guys listen to me struggling with my voice and stuff. And it really takes a lot to do a three hour show, even when your voice is perfectly fine. I am um, <coughs> sorry, power through with something like this, nasal, throat, whatever. And then there are those of you who want to call me after the show and have like a 10 minute conversation or half an hour conversation. I'm just thinking, how can I say to you without being rude that, I'm sick and I literally just did a three hour show. Now is not the time for you to call me. Like I have to reserve my voice for the rest of the day. So I try not to talk to anybody for the rest of the day. Like if you send me WhatsApp messages, I'll type and I'll respond and I can certainly listen to those. But um, yeah, like I'm, I'm always flabbergasted when people call after hearing that I'm sick and they actually expect to have a conversation. And I'm thinking, are you serious right now? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Don't call me after the show today, please. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So yeah, so I'm still struggling with this, but like I said, I had <clears throat> a Miami trip 
planned. And so I couldn't really uh, back out of that. You know, tickets are paid for. Came anyways, probably doesn't care if you're sick or not. <laughs> you better um, show up on that flight. So, and also, you know, as the, uh, we're now in the month of December, already, I can't believe it. You might as well say already halfway through the month of December. Christmas is literally two weeks away. Um, is it two weeks? Yeah, two weeks from today, which is pretty crazy. And so we are on the, you know, downhill of 2023. Christmas is right around the corner. There's just so much to get done. And I always, like I said, try to do a December trip, but I hate doing one that's later in December. Once you get a little bit too close to Christmas, oh, everything just goes um, haywire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> um, let me just put this up. Um. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. So, yes. So, basically, um, you know, we we did the trip, and uh, I was sick. Gigi's sick. I think Marlon is now starting to get sick after spending <laughs> the weekend in such close proximity. You know how it is. Everybody's in a hotel room, you know, snoozing, sharing bed space, showers, everything. At least in our house, you have a little bit more room to stay away from each other. Not so much so when you're traveling. You're in the airplane together. You're in a hotel room together. You're in the car together. Ugh, so I think he might actually be getting it now. What a hot mess. So um, we are going to um, we talk about a number of things this morning. But I wanted to just do a little recap. I know y'all love listening to my little stories. Well, at least you pretend like you do, which I appreciate. So listen to me. You know, one of the really important things about traveling, especially with children, and this is um, one of those life lessons, is you have to be prepared to expose children to more than just shopping. Now, I, I know what y'all about to say. Y'all about to say, oh, Sandy, you must be crazy. When we go to Miami, we only go shopping. I get it. I understand. Uh, trust me. I see the Amazon carts of my own, you know. Yeah, I get it. But um, it's really, really important. The most important thing in this world that you can give children is exposure and experience, experiences, yeah? So shopping is not really an experience. It's something to do. And trust me, I believe that there's a fine art to being a good shopper. Takes a minute. Um, I'm always surprised when people go into like the bargain stores like Ross and whatever. And they're like, oh my God, you found that in there. I'm my child, please. You just got to have some skills. Um, good morning. I'm live on the radio. Hello. Hello. Good morning, Fabulous. Hi. Good morning. I don't know if you saw my. No, but you do know I'm live on the radio, right? Okay, bye. <laughs> Did you you message me on, on WhatsApp? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh yes. Only one came? I thought they both did. Oh Lord. Yeah. Um just message me tell okay. me what you want me to do. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the details. Thank you. 
All right, have a good one. All right, you too. Bye. Well, honey, child, it's a good thing I didn't wait at the airport last night. I'll tell you all about it. Let's go through the weekend. So my baggage, a couple pieces got left. All right. So anyway, um, so yes, I um, was saying that it's really important that you expose your kids to experiences. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a shopper now. Don't get me wrong. I, I can shop for a bargain. I don't like to spend a whole lot of time shopping necessarily. Like I move very, very quickly and I have a keen eye for just seeing what I need and get grabbing it and moving on. I don't like to belabor a shopping experience. Um, I don't have to spend an hour in a store. Maybe Walmart. Walmart's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But normally I'm very, very directed and I know what I want and I can look. I, my eyes can go all over a rack and I can quickly pick out stuff. And I'm in the line. I'm like, let's go. But children, especially K-Mathian children, need to experience more. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't really go to school in K-Mathian. So I know that they do little field trips and stuff. But in the U.S., I went to public school. And I must say that they were really good public schools. And one of the things that I always remember is that, um, why is somebody video calling me? Um, one of the things that I always remember is that, um, the field trips that we went on were so amazing. Um, yeah. So the field trips were always amazing. Some of my best memories were like, you know, seeing a bald eagle, like in person, not just hearing about a bald eagle and seeing it on the, you know, TV, but actually seeing one in person, um, having the experience of having a handler, have it on his arm and you get kind of up close to these creatures and you get to learn, oh gosh, my apologies. Uh, we're going to power through this morning, honey child. We're going to make it. Having all of these amazing experiences, we went to like national parks. We went to like, you know, uh, lakesides with alligators. Like we saw so much stuff uh, over the years. Uh, I went to ballet as a kid. I can't remember which one they took us to. I want to say it was a nutcracker, but that's like a classic, right? So these things that probably I would not have experienced otherwise because my aunt didn't really, I don't want to say that she wasn't cultured because maybe that sounds um, a bit bad, but it's true. You know, she would not have a, a probably ever exposed me to like a live performance, a concert, a ballet, like all these things. She was like the typical Caribbean, Afro-American person, you stay home, you go to church, you go to school, you go to work, and that's like your whole life. Well, it isn't your whole life. And I think that giving children these experiences really helps to broaden their perspective, broaden their knowledge base on so many different things. And it's also one of the reasons why I'm a real advocate of traveling and um, providing opportunities for your kids to travel as much as they possibly can. Uh, 
So that's really, really uh, important as well. So the more I do stuff, you know, the kind of older my daughter gets, I want her to have a lot of experiences, not just going to Miami, just to shop. Like she shouldn't associate Miami with just shopping. Okay. Yes. Shopping is a component. We'll definitely be hitting Walmart. Her place is not Walmart. She got fancy taste. She wants to go to Target. She wants to go to Target. You know, although I figured out why, because when we were in New York and she went to, I think that might've been her first Target. It was like a multi-story Target and she saw all these toys. So now she thinks that Target has more toys than Walmart. And I was like, not really. Depends on which particular store you go to. Anywho. So I booked her to um, go to the ballet. This is her first time. She saw the Nutcracker. It was actually a production for children. And not only was it for children, but it was also a sensory... Hold on. I'm going to tell you guys. Um, It was, they call it, I want to get the correct terminology. So it was at the Aventure Arts and cult, cultural center. And they call it a, um, they call it a, um, sensory. Oh my goodness. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. It is. Uh oh, I'm trying to see. I guess as I guess that was the last performance. It's not even showing up. Anyway, it was like a sensory something. I'll have to find my little flyer. But what that means is that it was actually um it was a children's event, but it was also designed for children with um special needs. So that there were certain things that they did to try to accommodate like children who might have like autism, ADHD or whatever. So like the music wasn't as loud as it normally would be for a live performance. They did um, what they call, like they do stuff with auditory, like anything with the senses, they kind of tone it down a little bit. Uh, The lighting, for example, was also um, adjusted to basically accommodate uh, children. So... The lighting wasn't as like um, dark, you know, normally in a live performance, they'll darken the entire theater. So in this case, they actually left the lighting like at 30% so that children who, you know, might uh, suffer or have autism, I should say, uh, there's certain things that they may not necessarily like, like complete darkness and that sort of thing. And they actually also had... um, a specialist on hand in a room so that if during the performance somebody needed to take their child um, in the, um, you know, remove their child from the theater, maybe they were having a moment or whatever, there was an entire area there that you could take them and an actual trained professional staff member was there to assist you. I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. It was just like, wow, they thought of everything. So um, thank you. We got somebody watching us from Thailand this morning. Hi, Amphron. How are you? So yeah, you know, I was sitting there thinking to myself, another reason why I like to do things, experience things 
is it also gives you ideas. Like who would have thought a live performance could actually be uh, tweaked in such a way to accommodate all sorts of different audiences, including children with special needs? I really appreciated it. But, you know, I didn't personally, outside of the things that they kind of mentioned that they were doing, um, the performance itself was just amazing. I mean, these performers, folks, are top-notch. Honestly, they are... um, I actually got the booklet that tells you, a program booklet, sorry, that tells you all about uh, who the... um, who all the performers are. And... um, They had a whole list of, let me see here. They had a whole list of like, these these are professionals, you know? Uh, I mean, they were amazing, absolutely amazing. So, you know, this is the first time that my daughter got to see ballet dancers in person. And she was um, just so tickled pink to see them. And of course, afterwards, every little girl wants to be a ballerina. And after you've seen such a performance, particularly, you know, all of a sudden you want to be walking around on your tippy toes all day long. Um, so Tchaikovsky, obviously this is like a classic. Um, you know, the music, like it brought back memories to myself. I'm like, oh, of course I remember some bits of the music. Um, the choreography was just absolutely next level. And they actually had artistic director Vladimir um, Ishiv, you'll have to forgive me if I'm getting the last name wrong, but, um, yeah, you know, it is just an amazing performance. And so we did that and, um, you know, apparently the Aventura Arts and Cultural Center and the Arts Ballet Theater Florida put this on in conjunction with each other and they do a lot of performances like throughout the year and a lot of shows and all sorts of stuff. So check it out. If you go to Florida, you go to Miami, Aventura is just like a 40-minute drive north. So, um, you know, go check it out. And I think that you'll really, really enjoy it. So there is an accident. Thank you, folks. Um, this morning, ambulance and police are on the scene by Star Apple at Wilchie Drive. Again, we're asking you guys to be careful. Because unfortunately, um, we're going to be expecting uh, road, wet roads equals traffic accidents. So yes, uh, several people have now messaged about this accident, which means that there'll be even further delays on the roadway this morning. Honey, child, if you never had to go. Oh, and this one is involving a school bus. Lord have mercy. Wow. Um. So, uh, slow. it's going to be slow going this morning in any event. These are the mornings that I'm glad, personally, that I do not have to be out on the roads. Thank God modern technology allows me to do this show from my home studio, honey jail. So anyway, um, so we did that. And we also went and we did the um, snow carnival. So there's a snow carnival also in Aventura. 
every year I keep wanting to go to, there's actually two of them now. One just started, I think last year, the newest one started, but they actually have like a Christmas um, uh, wonderland theme thing where everything's like, you get little rides and it's like a whole Christmas theme and so on. And, uh, oh my goodness, my apologies. And so the, it's, that's also a fun time um, for kids, obviously, to really enjoy themselves. <sighs> oh, my goodness, we're going we're gonna to power through. All right. So um, I think I need to take a commercial break, though. All right, give me a second. Let's, let's take a quick commercial break. I'll try to clear up the sinuses just a little bit. And uh, we'll be right back. Ooh, after these messages. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. Recover Personal Injury Attorneys. Helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. All right, folks, we are back. Somebody said, how on earth did you travel with that cold, Johnny Jam? Oh, it was rough. Our our ears on the plane. Ooh, honey. Uh, it's always the descent that is like the worst part, the pressure coming down. Um, so, yes, thank you all so much. I saw somebody else just sending me some home remedies. They're like, my granny swears by this and it works. I know there's so much stuff I guess I could be taking, but I feel like once it hits you full blown like this, you got to just let it run its course. Um, there's not, not much really that you can do. You can ease the symptoms a little bit, but, um, you know, yeah, it's going to just run its course now. So hopefully it doesn't last too long because some of y'all are telling me whatever you have is like lasting all two weeks. So we went to the snow carnival, which was fun it, again for kids. You know, um, it was, they had some man-made snow sections and she got to go down the, the what do you call it, like a slope. Um, there was like the little bump car section. There was an area where you could go and play with real snow, build a little, little snowman. It wasn't like a ton of snow, but you could build a snowman, um, throw snow at each other. So her and dad did that while I watched. <laughs> I took jackets because I thought it was going to be a lot colder on the inside of this facility than it actually was. It's right outside. So if you're traveling to Florida still, to the Miami area, it's actually a built like a tent facility 
right outside of Aventura Mall. So you can get your tickets online. I always recommend getting tickets online um, for these types of events so that when you go there, they just basically scan the barcode on your phone and then you can enter. So, um, so yeah, you know, that's what we did this weekend. She got to try a couple of different things. This is her first experience kind of, although when we were in New York last January, we had snow flurries. It wasn't like full blown snow, but it was snow flurries and it was really, really cold. Um, so she got to experience that, but you know, kids are going to grow up and these are experiences and memories that are going to last a lifetime. So be about the experience, be about the travel, take them different places. And, you know, like she's seen, she's been to um, the Everglades already and she's seen the alligators and all this kind of stuff. You know, we really search out these types of events uh, when we travel to make it more of a cultural experience and experience like about doing things as opposed to just shopping and buying stuff. So I really wish that she could have gone on the Greece trip that we did, but unfortunately, they had a pretty firm rule of no kids allowed. And it was really intense, like long days and stuff like that. So I'm not sure she, she would have been able to, although she's she's a good trooper, but when she's had a full day by seven o'clock, she's starting to like doze off in, in Red Lobster. You know, she's like falling asleep in her pasta. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was a good weekend. Um, got back yesterday morning. There was an additional flight that was added. And I don't know, I don't think it's a permanent flight, but. I guess for the season, an additional flight was added to the Cayman Airways schedule. So I want to talk about some stuff at Cayman Airways. So um, our baggage, we had two pieces that got left. And, you know, it hasn't happened to me in so long that I kind of even forgot what the procedure was of how you collect your baggage. So I understand that one young man calling me this morning from Cayman Airways, big shout out, um, was saying that one of them is here and the other one still didn't make it. Now, I was told last night that both made it, so I'm glad I didn't. I actually went to the airport, and literally, I was falling asleep waiting outside the airport. I thought, oh, this is not a good idea. Let me go back home, and I'll sort this out tomorrow. Because when I realized that there were three flights, because the Cayman Airways flight was late, I'm going to tell you why here in a second. The flight was late, and then, of course, Jamaica. Like, the timing on a Sunday night, mm, I try not to travel on a Sunday night if I can help it. Because a lot of Cubans use that flight to come into Cayman as well. And it's just a hot mess normally, Sunday nights. So the flight was full. And Jamaica came in, Miami came in, and some other, I don't know where the other destination was. So there were like three flights that came in all at once. So, of course, that was a hot mess for all the staff at the airport. Um, so listen... You know, I want to be gracious to the airport staff because their job, um, I don't think that we appreciate exactly what they do. I want I, I want to do a segment where I go and do somebody's job for a day, <laughs> you know, a day in the life of. Um, I wanted to do it with politicians, but child, none of them have ever really come on board fully with the idea. Although I think it would even be good for them to really show the people what is it that you do? We might have to do a week in the life of to really get a feel for it. But yes, um, because I think that a lot of times, you know, you don't always appreciate what someone is doing until you have experienced yourself. It's like retail. I work in retail. I've worked in retail before. 
when I was in university, I worked retail jobs. And <laughs> there's so many things about working in retail that when you're a customer, you never really think about. When you're in the receiving end of people who come in and like pull out the clothes and just don't even want to try to put them out. Listen, mixing up sizes, like you change your mind about something. Instead of walking it back or giving it to customer service so they can put it back where it's supposed to go, you just kind of throw it anywhere. Mm-mm, honey, Chad. There's just so much that you appreciate once you've worked in retail. And it makes you a better customer. You know, you're like, these people have a really hard day um, being on their feet all day long, amongst other things. You know, I actually worked in a Walmart. You guys might not know this, but I worked in a Walmart. I started out in the photography studio, which was owned by another company. It actually wasn't owned by Walmart at the time. And then the Walmart uh, manager was so impressed at that location there in Tampa. He was so impressed with my customer service skills. He wanted me to join the Walmart team. And I was like, okay, well, it was a promotion and everything. So, and less on the sales side. So I actually was um, what they call a CSM, which is a customer service manager. So they're the ones who, you know, walk around. You might not even notice what, what they do, but they walk around and they sometimes help. Like if a cashier gets stuck with something, needs a code punched in, it's the CSMs that get called. And so um, amongst other things, right? And so I also had to be trained in like different departments. I worked in the layaway section. Oh, honey, child, layaway is a hot mess. You know, people who can't afford to buy something like right away, use layaway. And in theory, it's a good thing to offer it. But some of those layaway customers were like the worst. They would show up claiming that they paid and made payments when they know they be lying. I'm like, why are you lying about having made a payment? Well, yeah, I made this extra payment. I'm like, listen, the system don't lie. Where's your receipt? Anyway. um, So there's quite a bit, you know, I, I think you just got to appreciate customs officers and the difficult job, for example, that they have to do on a regular basis. I, I try not to be that impatient person who's always quick to be like, oh, you know, you guys are horrible. Yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. You know, I'm like, listen, um, let's just give them a little bit of grace, especially during the holiday season when there's just so much going on. You know, they're stressed out too. Extra flights and people are getting sick. Right now, a lot of people are sick. COVID is, well, COVID never went anywhere. But trust me, um, it is circulating around again with a vengeance. And so, you know, you just know people are sick. People are having a hard time. Just relax yourself, folks. Relax. Mm-mm-mm. Ah, what a mess. So we traveled and we had a few pieces. Well, um, Kim and Airways made a lot of money off of me and baggage, extra baggage. But here's the thing. Again, I don't mind paying it. You know how many airlines you can't get on with more than your one piece or your two pieces? And it better be 50 pounds because if it's one pound over, they're charging you and they're very, very, very strict. Yeah. So I'm always thankful. Caymanians have gotten so spoiled and so used to coming in with all five to 10 pieces. 
oversized bags and y'all just throw it on there and be like, okay, well, Kim and Ray's better get my stuff there. Okay, that's nice. But you know what it takes? There's so much that happens on the back end that people simply do not appreciate. So I want to say thanks to all of the staff, CBC, Cayman Airways, um, cust- no, CBC's Customs, Immigration, all you guys on a whole, um, we really appreciate what you do. Are there issues? Should there be some tweaks in the system? Yes. We can always talk about the ways in which people can improve, but sometimes we just have to give thanks for the job that they do. So um, some of our luggage got left. Okay. I was like, yeah, all right. Uh, We had quite a few pieces, three of us. And to be honest, it wasn't that I shopped when I got there. It's just a lot of stuff was pre-ordered. I told you guys I have a new business venture. So probably 95% of everything was purchased for the business venture and not even for me. You know, um, you know, poor uh, Zeus, he got a few little things for Christmas. It's his first Christmas. So, you know, we had to get him a few little toys and whatever. This year, my daughter's probably only going to get like one or two toys. I'm not going overboard. I'm done. Like, listen, one or two things. You know, you give them a million gifts, they open them and just throw them down and whatever anyway. So um, I was I was like, okay, you know, you fill out your form. There's a process if your bags get left. So there's a few people in our flight whose bags got left. And then I know for, for sure last night, additional bags got left. Last night's flight was full. So I'm also aware that the flight was delayed as well. Now, listen. Can I just be honest with you? Tis the season. There's going to be issues in December normally with people. Again, if every person, I don't know what the average bag load is for travel in December, but say every person has four pieces and the flight carries, how many people does that plane carry? I don't know. That's a lot of baggage. So I would say that it's not entirely unreasonable for you to expect that certain things might actually get left. So, um, you know, this, this is what happens. So just listen, I'm pretty sure there's nothing in your baggage, especially if you're returning home, that's like urgent that you need it last night kind of thing. You know, whatever. It'll get here. It's safe. They know where the bags are. Hopefully the people in Miami aren't stealing anything out of it. Um, and they'll they'll get you your stuff uh, in sufficient time. Way before Christmas, for sure. So one of the reasons the flight was actually delayed last night, or the reason, I should say, that the flight was actually delayed last night is because it was too heavy. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, but listen to this. Y'all know. We got the connections to get the sauce. So this is exactly what happened. Apparently, the flight, they had to, um, I'll use the colloquial term, terminology here. They basically had to dump some fuel because she was fully loaded. She being the plane was fully loaded with fuel. So when somebody was messaging me, oh, the flight's delayed. We've been sitting on the tarmac for over two hours because um, the flight is overweight and people have to leave their luggage behind. 
uh, offered in-flight beverages shortly after the flight was supposed to take off, but nothing since then. Nobody, listen, nobody wants to sit on the tarmac for two hours. And in fact, I'm surprised uh, they were probably pushing it because I think the FAA has uh, very, very specific rules about how long you can actually sit on the tarmac for before they then have to deplane. So they were probably really close to having to deplane. So when the plane is overfueled, um, you know, yes, not all the bags were going to make it. That was obvious. Um, but what this is how it was explained to me. They said basically all planes have a maximum takeoff weight and a maximum landing weight. With the overfueling, the plane could have taken off with no problem, but would have uh, been overweight on landing. If it had been a longer flight where the fuel could have been burnt off in flight, then there would not have been a problem. But since this was a short flight, either the aircraft had to be lightened in some other way. And unfortunately, it was bags in this case. Oh, yes. So they didn't dump fuel. They dumped the bags. <laughs> I don't think, how do you, I guess you can't really dump fuel like that, right? That would be really difficult to do. So that's what happened. So basically, she would be coming in overweight and that would probably be, you know, a potential hazard in terms of landing. You don't want a plane that's too heavy. Okay, well, you know, we're not pilots and we're not mechanics, engineering, uh, aeronautic professionals. So these are the things that oftentimes we don't know and we don't appreciate. All we're concerned about is, oh, my bag got left and I want to know why it got left. When you hear that it's a reason like this, basically your safety, right? The plane can't come in at a particular load. Do, do you not feel different about even moaning and complaining about it? Are you not now saying to yourself, oh, Lord, have mercy. Um, you know, just relax. Seriously. Um, so... Like I said, take it easy. Don't get stressed out about anything. It's not worth it. Our life is more valuable than any piece of suitcase or any luggage. Yeah? You know what I'm saying? Someone just said, why aren't they explaining that from the get-go then? <laughs> well, folks, if there's one thing that I have said, and I guess I'll have to, I'll sound like a broken record. And I have to keep saying it time and time again. These agencies, departments, Cayman Airways, Customs, WRC, none of them, in my opinion, do a spectacular job of informing the people. Let me say, though, NRA, which we're going to talk about here in a second, does a much better job. They have been doing a lot. Oh, that's the phone. Hold on. I'm trying to charge it over there. One second. Let me grab the phone. All right. Good morning, caller. I'm probably going to have to call her back. Good morning. Hello. 
Okay. I think I know who this is calling, actually. I'm starting to recognize numbers. <laughs> Let's see. Um, yeah, I was going to say most of them, unfortunately, don't have the communications part down pat. Um, NRA has recently hired a communications uh, officer who, you know, they give out notices now if they're going to be doing road works and different stuff, which I think is really important. All right. We got a little bit of charge going, so I think we can take calls now. Good morning. Oh, maybe not. Okay. Call back, call over. We're trying to get you, but all right. This person says, good morning. That's why I only travel with two bags and a carry-on and always check in early. My bags go on first. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, my husband's like, but we paid for the bags. We paid all this money. And I said, yeah, but that's not the point. I mean, you're going to pay for the bags regardless because they're overweight and you're paying for bags. But listen, the reason why, who can argue with that? Who can get upset about a plane being overweight? Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandy. I just, well, you still sound on a little bit under the weather, but I'm glad to know that you're back. Thank you. And in and in is the elderly people say because don't call them old people. <laughs> um, the elderly people say, <sighs> "I'm back in the saddle." <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Now I know you don't want to. You don't want to hear all this thing that is going on, or don't want to know, but it's a reality. Uh-huh. You might you might have to send Gigi to that fifty million dollar. Oh, we haven't gotten there it. yet. We haven't gotten there yet. We're gonna talk about okay. it. So hold on, honey child. We coming. Jesus. We are coming. Please. And 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 you see the salary? You okay. see we, we, the salary? I got, I'm gonna have you call back because we're coming to it. Okay, darling. All right. Thank you very much and glad to have you back. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, dear. I'm looking for my um, charging cable. I want to see if I can charge the phone a little bit. We're at 29%. So I think we can take a few calls at 29%. So listen, we're going to get to that discussion here in a second, honey, child. All right. So <clears throat> give Cayman Airways a little bit of grace. Yes, I do agree that Cayman Airways this time of year, it would make sense to send out PSAs, send out little notices saying, hey, we, you know, this is this is uh, Christmas time. Uh, we will do our best to get your baggages here. But when you've got a full flight and you've got all these people carrying all this luggage, safety first. And I must say that Cayman Airways has an impeccable safety record. And not only do they have an impeccable safety record, I think that they go above and beyond to make sure that they don't even come close to having anything questionable happen. I don't even want to entertain the thought, right? If we ever, God forbid, had a disaster relating to Cayman Airways. So let's keep it that way. If you got to dump luggage, hell, dump the whole, leave it all in Miami, far as I'm concerned. I don't care. Safety first. So thank you to Cayman Airways. Who's knocking at my door? Hello? Well, I know it's not Zeus because he scratches at the door. Um... Come in, please. 
Who's knocking at my door? Oh, thank you, Miss Stacy. <laughs> she, oh, she's listening to the show and she heard me talking about I need a charging cable. Oh, bless Miss Stacy, honey. Yeah, bless her little heart. Um, so yes, you know, at the end of the day, folks, thank you to all the pilots, the management, everybody that came in airways. Are they perfect? No. There are things that, you know, they still need to be fixing and sorting out. But during this time, do a little PSAs. Um, I must say something, though, that I do find Cameron Airways goes a little bit cheap on. And I don't know why this is. When it comes to marketing, it seems like the marketing department either has no money, no budget, or they treat it like it's their own money and they don't ever want to spend anything. It's a little bit peculiar for National Airline to be so tight. You know what I'm saying? Financially, especially when we're going to talk about budgets here in a second. The rest of the government wants to hemorrhage this new premier. She's all about hemorrhaging. She's like, oh, it's a free for all. Let's, um, there we go. Let's spend what we don't have. Hold on a second. Uh, trying to focus my thing a little bit here. Yeah, let's, let's uh, spend money that we definitely do not have. There we go. So um, what a hot mess. So thank you. Lavana is here. She says, good morning. It's weight and balance. Very important. Safety first. Thank you, all the reservation staff. Now, somebody was complaining to me last night, and I'm going to try to figure out who that is, about a reservation person who they say is very, very rude. And they're like, Sandy, um, she doesn't even answer the phone properly. I don't know who that is. I've never experienced that person, I can tell you, with Cayman Airways, but this person was saying they're rude. Um, well, she, to be clear, is rude. She never answers the phone properly. And then it's like they feel like she's putting you on hold for extra long periods of time just to frustrate you. Well, if that is the case, that person doesn't need a job at Cayman Airways or probably anything that's customer service facing. I don't know what's going on with that individual. I don't know what that's about. But by and large, I must say that I get really good service from Cayman Airways. Like, I really can't complain. Like I said, the marketing department, I mean, you know, loosen up your strings a little bit because you should be, um, you know, doing uh, PSAs this time of year, paid advertising, honey child. Don't be asking for nothing for free where you basically remind customers, a little Christmas music, you know, just a, just a friendly reminder. It's Christmas time. If you travel with excess luggage, sometimes a difficult decision has to be made to leave luggage behind and then bring it on a subsequent flight. I'm going to be sending some stuff on cargo. And I know, I mean, I don't know about December now, but last year, earlier this year, when I tried cargo, which I hadn't done for years, um, I wasn't even in the system anymore. I used cargo, Cameron Airways cargo, and it got here like in two days from Miami. It was here, cleared, everything. Easter holiday weekend. Big shout out again to the customs team who stayed late for me to clear my stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a few items that were oversized. Zeus is getting a little gift that was oversized. Oh, he's going to be so tickled pink. So I said, when I went to my mailbox, I said, oh, I'm not struggling with that on a plane. Send that to Cayman Airways Cargo. There's a few more things coming in. Package it all up, send it to Cargo, and then I'll sort it out um, later on. So... Um, yeah, just let people know. That's the thing. 
most people don't mind being inconvenienced as long as they know what's going on. So here's another example of what happened yesterday, right? We came in and there was some sort of a delay at the customs line. So we're standing there. First of all, it does not suit you to be in the Caymanian line anymore because that line is longer than the visitor line. <laughs> what a hot mess we in for real. There's not that many Caymanians, but you know, legally there are a lot of Caymanians. Uh-huh. That line is going through the door and the visitor line is so short. Might I make a recommendation if anybody from CBC is listening this morning? Can you add a few more lines for Caymanians? I'm just saying, like, we shouldn't be inconvenienced coming into our own country more than the visitors should be. Let's try to make it equal treatment here. Hmm? So the visitors get through really, really quickly. And then poor Caymanians sitting there <sighs> being challenged, having your patience challenged. So our line wasn't moving. We landed right about one o'clock. And then right after us, there was, an, uh, I don't know what airline it was, another um, flight that came in from the States. So they started to go through the visitor line and they were getting processed quicker than us. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So apparently what happened was because that was an add-on flight, the CBC staff were not seeing that add-on flight in their computer system. So it was only because I was at the top of the line that I could kind of hear them mumbling between each other, like, oh, do you see it? No, I don't see it. Do you see it? No. Okay. And then one went in the back and she disappeared for a minute. And then the other one said, um, you know, oh yeah, um, I think it's showing up now. Just refresh your screen. Hello. I'm sure that when you have counter staff, one of them has got to be a supervisor. Yes. The supervisor, upon recognizing this is where people need to be less reactive and more proactive. And even when you're having to react, do it quickly, okay? So get on the little, do you not have a little PSA system, a little microphone or something in the customs hall where you could say, um, you know, thank you so much. We, we appreciate that you've just made a little travel journey because I mean, we had to get up early in the morning. You know, it's not just about being on a plane for an hour and 15 minutes. It's the whole rigmarole, yeah? Security at the airport, but yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Good morning. Pleasant good morning. We have a slight delay in the system uh, that should be cured, you know, fairly quickly. Like, just make a little announcement. It's a computer issue. It's a glitch. The, the flight isn't showing up. Just tell people what's going on. Don't leave them sitting there wondering, like, why? What, what, what's going on? Yeah. Communication. Communication 101. It is better to just tell people. Morning, Debbie. Morning, Kizzy. Morning, Romelia Honeychell. Uh, Rough C says that has got to be a bunch of lies with airlines. It's not been a problem before with luggage. Back then, people used to put four large suitcases on the plane, and it wasn't a problem back then. All these extra charges, it's just a money grab because they can. I'm not sure I understand what you're suggesting is the lie. So you're suggesting that the lie isn't is that um, the reason why they left your luggage? Well, let me be very clear, Rough Seas. 
I am not an aeronautical engineer. I'm not an expert on the 737 MAX 8s, which we know have already had an issue. I will take Cameron Airways' word. I'm not going to call them a liar. I'm going to take their word for it. There's certain things that might be different in relation to this plane and even how the load is handled as opposed to other planes. It's a bigger plane, so it's actually carrying more fuel and more people. So you can't just automatically say, oh, they're lying because in the past, everybody was able to bring four. There's a lot of different factors going on here, honey child. Totally different plane. More fuel. Right? Um, More people. People are fatter these days than they used to be. So I don't know when you're talking about with the four pieces, but people now weigh more as well. There's an actual formula that I'm very much aware that they have to take into consideration, even where they seat people on the plane and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to give it to them. I'm not going to argue with Cayman Airways about leaving some suitcases behind. I'm really not. You'll get your suitcases. They've got cargo flights that I know that are coming in as well. And so chances are they're probably going to um, bring in some of the cargo flights, uh, extra pieces on cargo flights as well. All right. This person says, agree with all the airport stuff that you're saying. Yes, need a proper line for us. Yep, announcements. So simple things to fix. And it is amazing, in my opinion, how simple some of these issues are uh, to fix, and yet they don't get fixed. That's where that, that's where I'm going to call you out. It's an easy fix. Just fix it. Can we address something else with the airport? Um. When you come in, and my poor husband, poor him, I tell him, I said, sir, you're a Caymanian now, so stop complaining to me about it. Um, go tell your representatives and stuff like that, because he complains to me. Maybe you need to bring this up. I'm like, nope. <laughs> go to your MPs like everybody else and complain, so I can go in one ear, not the other. And then I laugh. <laughs> so when you come in, and this is going to segue nicely into an issue with taxes because we got talked about taxi drivers this morning as well. When you come in, you've got a whole area for taxi drivers and very little room for people who are actually picking up passengers. There has been too much space allocated for taxis. Come on now. This is ridiculous. And they're just sitting there waiting for a fare. Here's the easy, easy peasy. Lemon squeezy solution to this. We don't like to criticize without giving them a solution. Have parking for taxis offsite. Somewhere down by those warehouses, not that far away. Take you two minutes to get to the airport. As a taxi is requested, right? So you maybe have two or three. You don't need a whole line of taxis and nobody not even using them. As they're needed, the radio, the little taxi dispatch stand says 10-4, uh, 10-4, um, radio 90. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Let's let's use some of her little features here. Uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. Megaphone. Megaphone. All right. 10-20 on the 540. Um, we need you to come on in. Uh, unit number 652. Unit number 652. We've got passengers here for you. Uh, four passengers. Can you take the fare? Radio back in. Yes, we can take that fare. Going to West Bay. Okay, beautiful. Going to the Ritz-Carlson. Just figure it out already. It cannot be that difficult. 
don't have them just sitting there taking up room. They need to remove some of those spaces, folks, and make that available for regular drop-off and pickup. You've got people who come in who try to pick up passengers and can't even do so. They're then blocking what is supposed to be the drive-through road. Come on. It's ridiculous. It's too many spots for taxi drivers. Ingrid says safety first. Times have changed. Your life values more than a luggage full of things that most times you don't even use more than two times and then drop it in a corner. Good morning to John LaRue. John says Sunday nights, the CI line is longer due to returning Caymanian shoppers. Oh, he says Caymaniac shoppers. <laughs> I don't know if that's a typo. You did that on purpose. Okay. Normally, they are very little in that line and I breeze through. Uh, normally very polite and welcoming me home as well. Uh, Rena, good morning. Says, does over $100 sound correct for carrying one suitcase each by two people? One suitcase, 60 pounds. One suitcase, 62 pounds. If I, already, if I read it correctly, between 56 and 70 pounds is $50. Or am I missing something? I'm going to be honest with you. This is another area, Rena that Cayman Airways could do a little bit of a better job explaining since they've introduced the baggage fees, how all of this works. Because I can't answer the question. I have no idea. And I got to tell you that most of the time, um, that, um, sorry, they're just updating me about my my baggage. <laughs> So one piece hopefully is coming, the other piece coming later on today. But yeah, most of the time, um, uh, even the, the staff seem confused at the airport who are trying to charge you the additional, um, you know, the additional excess fees and whatever. I mean, I don't know. It's all kind of confusion. I didn't know until recently that you have a, a limit, an upward limit of eight pieces. Well, I guess I've never brought in eight pieces before. But a couple of trips ago, I did. And they're like, oh, yes, there's a limit of eight pieces. After that, you can't bring them all. Really? I've never, I've been back in, since 1996. I've never heard that. Do more announcement, came in and raised about your policies. Don't just assume people know, even though we fly you on a regular basis. Patricia says, don't forget the cargo as well. So I'm curious to know, you know, I would love to have somebody from Cayman Airways on here because we have... Um, so many questions, you know, how do the cargo flights work? Uh, I'm assuming they're just doing designated um, cargo um, only flights and how many of those, like what's the schedule like? Because I think, you know, if people knew that your stuff could be here in a day or two by cargo, you would arrange for cargo. Like I was so impressed the last time it came so quick. I was like, oh, a cargo is good. It's working great. You know, a little bit more of a hassle factor, I suppose. But then I don't have to be up and down with pieces that are oversized. They just need to let people, they need to educate the general public more. Good morning to Irvlyn. She says, true, Sandy. Good morning, Miss Yolene. So good to see you. Um, Alejandro says, poor design, if you ask me, if that's the case. Um, that's like buying a sports car with nowhere to sport it. In relation to 
the plane? I'm not quite sure. Romelia says, my concern is the cashless approach with Kimon Airways. Uh, they need to think of our seniors. Not all know about cards, along with what happened to dementia friendly. Um, Ms. Romelia, I'm not so sure that being dementia friendly has anything to do with a cashier card. If you have a dementia, you shouldn't be traveling by yourself. You should be traveling with somebody who's responsible uh, for you. And it ain't, ain't going to matter whether you have cash or card. You're going to forget about either one. How is cash more dementia friendly than a card? And cash you can lose. And then, then what are you going to do? I'm not sure I'm following the logic on that part of it. But the thing I want to say to you, Ms. Romelia, is there comes a point in time when we need to get with the times. And um, we, we are emerging into a cashless society, not just here in the Cayman Islands, but all over the world. So I was telling you guys that I went to the, um, the snow carnival. There was no cash allowed at the snow carnival. You better have a card if you wanted to order some popcorn, a hot chocolate, or the photo booth. Or whatever. Nobody taking no cash. You tap your card and you be on your way. So instead of asking an organization like Cayman Airways to stay behind while everybody else is progressing, maybe what we need to do is start educating the general public about the concept of a cashless society. And we're going in that direction whether you want to or not. It is a reality. You know... In the U.S. now, and I think I often chuckle at it, more and more self-checkout is becoming a thing. So I went to, um, what's the name of the place again? Um, uh, what's, the, what's the home, the one like Ale Thompson's? Um, orange color. Oh, God. What are they called again? Home Depot. Oh, my God. I haven't been. Somebody's like Home Depot. I've been at Home Depot in years. I mean, when I say years, I think when we were moving into our house, I went there to buy like fans and a couple of accessories. That was over seven years ago. So maybe five plus years, I've not stepped foot in a Home Depot. It's not somewhere that I normally go to just kind of browse around. I just don't. Um, although I saw some stuff in there. I was like, oh, Home Depot is interesting. But anyway... I went in there and they have literally gotten rid of all their cashiers. They have one cashier left. I didn't even see the customer service desk. Everything else is self-checkout. This, this is where we're going. Soon, everywhere you go, it's going to be self-checkout. You're going to a store, buying, picking up the goods, and then they want you to, they're not paying you to check yourself out, but that's part of the process. They get to cut down significantly on their cat and their staff if they don't need registers there. But man, but people, you can scan stuff yourself, bag it yourself, and walk yourself out the door. Now, the ultimate in self-checkout and it was so funny because I was saying to my husband this weekend, I'm like, everybody needs to do it this way. If you're going to force me to do self-checkout, let's just do it the right way, honey child. I ain't interested in no self-checkout 
where I still have to go and stand in a long line because you notice now, especially in Walmart, the self-checkout line tends to be the longest line in the store. I'm like, huh? Here's how you do it. Sam's Club. Mm-mm. I love me a Sam's Club, honey child. Let me tell y'all how it works. So you go to Sam's Club and you open up the Sam's Club app. It identifies the store that you're in. Um, when you sign in, let me see if I can show y'all. Hold on now. I'm trying to remember how to connect uh, my phone. One second. Don't anybody message me anything personal because I'm trying to pull up my phone. What the heck is this called again? Uh, oh, Lord, I can never remember the name of this. <sighs> the screen app. Uh, hold on one second. Uh, I got to check her. I'm always asking Marlon, remind me of how I share my iPhone again. All right, hold on. What's it called? It's easy once I can remember what it's called. Uh, uh, hold on. So basically what you do is um, you essentially scan everything as you go along. And, uh, okay, so it's called, oh, yes. <laughs> I've asked him so many times I can just check the chats now. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to show you guys how it works. All right, so you pull up the app, and um, as you're shopping, you actually, no devices connected. Okay, so I think I just scanned this. Hold on. These are the things, listen, you've got to be willing to learn. you got to link with camera. Uh, oh, link with QR code. Okay, hold on. So I think I go, oh gosh, hold on. Every time I have to remind myself because I haven't done it in so long. So it is, uh, oh yes, screen. Yes, mirroring. These are the things. Listen, you got to keep CMR Studio. There we go. You got to keep up with the times, Sunny Jail. So, uh, devices. Okay. All right, give me a second. I think it's. Oh, I got to make sure I'm on the same network. Hold on. I think I might know what's going on. <laughs> troubleshooting my troubleshooting my own issues. Yes, yeah, so we're on the same network. All right, honey chill. Unable to connect to CMR Studio. Okay, hold on. So we're gonna try it again. Oh Lord. So we do screen mirroring is what it's called. No devices connected. Okay. All right. So give me a minute. Let me see if I can remember how to do it. Anyway. Um, so, you know, this is basically uh, 
Should have come up already. All right, let me try to remember. Hold on, honey chill. Um, so you, you just basically open the app. I'll walk you guys through it. And then you, um, you scan your items as you walk in through the store. And you never have to stand in a line, right? So when I'm done shopping and I've said, okay, I'm done, I just basically click on, uh, I basically um, click on checkout. It already has my card linked to it. Boom, I'm done and I'm on my way. Simple. You know how much time I save on the um, not having to stand in line at a Sam's Club with people who have a million things in their cart ahead of me? Like, seriously? I don't have to do that anymore. I'm trying to see how this thing works again. Hold on. So... It is a, no devices found. Oh, it's not, no available updates. Yeah, it should find my iPhone, but it's not. Uh, huh. Interesting. <coughs> I might need him to troubleshoot this one for me. Um, I think it could be, I mean, I'm supposed to be in the same network, but it's not finding it. Hmm. Oh no, I'm not in the same network. I lie. Wait a minute. Am I in the same network? Why does that manage Wi-Fi says no internet? Hmm. That's weird. Uh... All right, I'll troubleshoot that later. So anyway, the bottom line, folks, is I literally scan every item, bloop, 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 bloop. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Check out, pay for it, boom. Walk to the person at the front. She scans the barcode on my phone. And then she double checks a few items, randomly checks to make sure I'm not trying to steal anything. I'm fine with it, whatever. So I was saying to him, every store, if you're going to do self-checkout, this is the way to do self-checkout. Don't force me to go stand in a long line. So listen to this. I went into Walmart. Now, Sam's Club and Walmart is the same company, owned by the same parent company. And I'm like, uh, why? Gosh, sorry. I'm going to need a throat lozenge here in a second. I'm like, why is it? that um, Walmart doesn't do the same thing. Well, lo and behold, I'd never noticed it before. I don't know if it, I don't know if it wasn't there the last time, but there is a sign that says, you want to check out easier right by the front door. Um, you know, join, you have to join like a membership thing, which Sam's Club is a membership. So I don't mind joining. If it's going to make my life easier and I can do self-checkout. So I'm going to, the next time, I promise you, 
I go to Walmart. I'm going to have this in place. I didn't have time for with it this trip, but I'm going to go online, read about it, research it. And that's what I'm going to do because I hate standing in a Walmart line. They have the slowest cashiers. They have the slowest self-checkout. I want to scan it and go about my business. All right, let's move on. Taxi drivers. We're going to talk about the BRAC situation with Madam Juliana O'Connor Connolly spending money that she don't have. We need to talk about school fights. We've got a video this morning that I'm going to show you. Um, <laughs> This person says, what did this person just say? They say, um, Sandy, I feel like you're killing time this morning. I hope you're planning on going over time. Two days withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> Somebody also says, um, <clears throat> no, man, because it's, it's been so long. We got to get caught up in all the little mundane stuff in our lives. All right. So here is what somebody showed me. Oh, thank you so much for this. Because soon I have to do a Walt Disney trip as well. So I appreciate this information. Look, you know. We got we got to share information with each other, you know. So someone just sent me this. Um, hold on. Let me try to find a screenshot. Oh, yes. So they said, um, okay, most theme parks in Orlando and Tampa use cashless uh, or cashless, but they have machines. You put your cash in and then you get a card. Oh, look at that. So they issue you a little Visa debit card and then can you top it up? Like say, you know, you put in $200 and then you end up spending more. Are you able to top it up as you go along for the trip? That's good. That's a good idea. I like it. <coughs> oh my gosh, hold on. Okay, honey chill, I'm back. Um, I like this. I mean, this makes total sense. You see, this is where we're going, Miss Amelia. You got to get with the times. Are you going to get left behind? It's as simple as that. Huh. Okay, thank you, um, caller, for letting us know that. Cashless is how it goes. 
Even when I'm I'm traveling security, you know, immigration in the States is like, oh, how much money? I'm like, nope, not walking with one single dollar. No money. Um, someone said, Miss Sandy, I was thinking Cayman Airways should sell barcodes to customers for baggage fees. For example, $50, $25, $100. I'm not sure I understand when you say sell barcodes, what do you mean? How would the barcode help the situation? So you sell a barcode and then do what with the barcode? I'm not quite following that one. So maybe you could explain that one a little bit more. Um, someone says the cashless counter started at Cayman Airways Airport because staff were stealing money. Well, we know a few of them got fired for it. So I'm sure that was one of the contributing factors. I don't think it's the only reason, but it's just easier to not have to handle cash. Cash is so germy. It carries so much stuff on it. Oh, my God. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Let's move on to talk about taxes. We were just talking about that situation at the airport. Can somebody please have that sorted out? Mr. Johan Moxham, you're in charge of CIAA. Y'all need to do something about the taxi, the overflow of taxis. Okay. Um, so they said it's a ticket. It, in a receipt, you would receive as is a receipt that you would receive when you check baggage to give you a ticket similar to the boarding pass. But they already give you something for your baggage. It's those little sticker things, which is the industry standard for airlines. Um, so I'm not sure that I'm seeing the benefit of a barcode receipt versus the, because all the airlines have, I guess they're all using the same system pretty much at the airports where they print off your actual baggage you get your boarding ticket and then you get your baggage tickets with the little piece that then peels off. So I'm not sure what else it would be that you would be requiring. Um, so yeah, so this person says, launch the app, scan your items as you shop on your phone, pay for the items in your phone. It creates a QR code that the person at the door scans on the way out and the person at the door that scans a few random things. Yes, that's exactly how it works. And they also say that the Visa debit card is the modern day traveler's check. Mm-hmm. Nobody does traveler's checks anymore, right? I think that's a thing of the past. Huh. Anyway, let me talk about um, these taxi drivers. And I'm going to really kind of just get to the point here. Taxi drivers in Cayman are a slack on another level. The minister that is now responsible for this is Minister J. E. Banks. And I hope that Minister J. E. Banks is listening this morning because it's absolutely shocking what people have been discussing in one of the in the women in Cayman group. And I hope this woman doesn't mind um, us sharing her post. A lot of people commented on it. It says, long, upset post, sorry. But it demonstrates, again, some issues that we have with our taxi service that should never be happening. 
that shows that we are slack beyond measure. Okay? My Caymanian people, if something is easy to fix, even if you have to ruffle a few feathers to get it done, just fix it. We are being looked at as a third world country because we cannot get certain things right. Now, I got acquaintances in the taxi business. Every time they have a complaint, every time they have a problem, call Sandy. She's going to help us. Yes, I'm there to help when you're not in the wrong. But when you're in the wrong, I can't be there for you, right? I'm your ally when you're doing the right thing. Look at this. We are in a mess, and I'm going to tell you why I believe this story 100%, because I experienced something similar, except I thought it was a fluke. Turns out that maybe poor service is more of the usual situation than getting good, or not even good, but just expected service. Oh, my God. Seriously. Mm-mm-mm. Let's read this together, folks. Yes, Tracy, I'm still, I'm still sick. So let's have a listen um, together, a read of this together. So this is somebody in the um in the women's group talking about an experience that they just had attempting to get taxi service. This is how it reads. Me and my husband um, had our Christmas party last night and I decided to be responsible and not drive and call the taxi. We called from home several times until the central picked it up and almost 40 minutes, no taxi. When we called again, we were told traffic was too bad. So we canceled and managed a ride to the party. When the party finished, we walked out from Kimana Bay and tried to call the Century Ta- Central Taxi again. We kept calling and call- walking and calling. After more than a hundred calls, Lord Jesus, no answer. We even tried to call four other companies and one picked up and said that there were no taxis on the road. <laughs> While we were walking, we could see the streets were empty and no taxis driving by. So strange for a Friday night, and it was after 1 a.m. We had to walk home from Kamana Bay to Fairbanks Road. Luckily, the party provided flip-flops, and I didn't have to walk on heels or barefoot. How someone, how someone try to be responsible and not drink and drive, and when you need a taxi, they're not available. Oh, my God. What the hell? Listen to me. Y'all need to do better, you know? Seriously. I cannot believe. And then the comments of people having a similar thing now. This is what happens. You don't use taxi service often. Mm-hmm. So you're not even aware of, you know, what's going on here. The last time I used a taxi service, and this is why I I believe these people 100%, 
I wasn't calling for myself. I had messaged, or called rather, the main number in order to get a taxi. There was a lady at, um, she's a Caymanian that walks up and down quite a bit with her little bags and stuff in Georgetown. And she was at um, Wellis, right? And she's begging people for a ride. And so I stopped and I said to her, I said, Miss, I can't give you a ride, but I'll help you get a ride. So I'll call a taxi for you because you're not going to phone. Again, you know, y'all kind of need to get with the program a little bit. I'm like, I'll even pay for the taxi for you. Now, y'all know I don't walk around with cash. I'm a cashless person. So I called and I said, I would like to pay for this woman. She's at Wellis. Please come pick her up. But, you know, I need to pay with my card. Oh, no, honey child. Mm-mm. We don't have no card system. And the individual drivers are the ones who have the cards and this and that. And, you know, it's like, what? Come on. Like, really? The system sucks. We talk about people must use public transport to be safe on the roads. Right now, NRA has relaunched their skill safe thing. Police, oh, don't drink and drive, be safe. How can you tell people that when you're not giving them a viable way to get home? Now, you still shouldn't drink and drive. I'm surprised these people walk from Cambana Bay all the way to Fairbanks. My God, what time did they get home? That is a significant walk. I would hitchhike. Mm, Maybe that's not as safe anymore. But that's a long walk. But the problem here is there's some tough decisions that need to be made in relation to public transport that unfortunately the elected people in this country are not willing to make because a few taxi drivers are going to get upset. You can't have a taxi license and be operating on a frolic of your own. Seriously, what kind of foolishness is this? Listen, when you go read the comments, right? There is so many of them. So eventually what happened with that poor lady is um, they ended up telling me, well, call this one person particularly. And it was really only because she knew me. She also didn't have a way to take card payments. But she's like, Miss Sandy, you can get me the money later. I was like, you know, I don't want to have to get you the money later. I want to pay you now. But the only way I can pay you is if you take if you take a debit card. I ain't got nothing else. Nope. I'll come to you later and get the money. I was like, what the hell? This is not really acceptable, folks. Come on now. Here's the thing. The way that it's organized doesn't really make any sense. So every single taxi driver is like a business owner on their own. They take they get expense of going through the process of getting their own taxi license. It's their vehicle. So if they don't want to be on the road at one o'clock, you can't really tell them to be on the road at one o'clock. They're going to be like, no, it's my Sabbath. It's this, it's that. I don't want to be on the roadway. No, no, no. My bedtime is nine o'clock. And then they, they wonder, 
why people are like having issues with taxi service here in Cayman. Good morning, caller. Hey, good morning, Sandy. Morning. How are you? How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm trying to get there, honey, Joe. Uh, yeah, I'm calling to defend the taxi business. Taxi okay. drivers. Tell me what the yeah. defense of them not picking up passengers and not even being on the road is. Let me let me let me just tell you what's going on. I okay. have documents, I have evidence, I have mm-hmm. everything that I can show you. Mm-hmm. Um, pre pre COVID, mm-hmm. you could do a trip from the airport to anywhere on Seven Mile Beach mm-hmm. in less than ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Now you can barely do that on a Sunday, much less. The traffic on the island is the problem, and time is also the problem. When you're stuck in traffic, remember, we are human. Mm-hmm. Some women are different from men. Some will run in the bush, do what they got to do. Some women, <clears throat> men will do it with their doors open. There's no place on Seven Mile Beach that you can say, well, all right, let me pull in and use the restroom. Not even, that, not even gas stations, because... Let me tell you, it's a whole lot of problem going on here. It's a whole lot of stuff that needs to be fixed. People just looking at at the little bubble that they're in, and you're looking outside the box, right? Uh Taxi drivers work really hard. We need to rest too, especially our backs. Sitting in a car all day long, when you get out of that in the evening, it could be a trip from here to Timbuktu that could cause you to retire your your back is so tired you just don't want to bend it anymore you want to straighten out mm-hmm. driving a cab in this island is not easy it used to be easy i'm going i'm going like 23 years now mm-hmm. i took two i took break when covid came i was doing straight time day mm-hmm. and night mm-hmm. and what it did to my back is like unbelievable when i at the end of the day when i stretch out my mm-hmm. wife says to me, like, why are you always going to bed so early? It's not that I want to, I have to. Mm-hmm. Because your back is so tired, you just want to flatten out on the bed. And it's getting worse and worse. We, we spend most of the time sitting in the traffic, wanting to get to do another pickup and just can't get there. People are calling, oh, they have special drivers. Oh, we ain't going with no one as we want you. Mm-hmm. And you try to please that customer and it takes forever and they get frustrated thinking that you're not coming or you're putting them off. We just can't get to them. Mm-hmm. And, and for that reason, the transportation board thinks that by putting more cabs out there is going to fix it. Well, let me, let, me, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question, right? Yeah, couple, go ahead. A couple things here. One o'clock in the morning, these people say that they're walking the streets from Kamana Bay to Fairbanks and there was no... Taxes or much less traffic on the road. Where were the taxi well, drivers? Gonna, I know drivers that work 24-7. You can't just call one and give up. Get more numbers in so case the, you the, don't. But the dispatch catch, center, isn't that, isn't that the job of the dispatch center? To know who's actually working and even where they're located? Dispatch center? Not, not all taxi drivers work for a company. A lot of the drivers are independent. Lord have mercy. Is you have Ace, you this, have this Ace, is, you have Charlie's. To, Those are two big companies. This is where we need to not, we need to resolve it once and for all. Caller, can I put you on hold I'm, for? I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you. Let, gonna, just let me just let me tell you one thing before I go. Sure. There's people out here that would mm-hmm. be happy to see Uber come in. 
yeah. but that's not going to happen. It will be a war similar to what's happening in Israel and with Hamas now. Well, you can't stop if somebody wants are, to start already, a maneuver We are already punishing and suffering in you this see, island somebody, somebody because of stupid me, and poor government. Someone just said, I wish Cayman had Uber. If the taxi Over service the doesn't get it together, somebody will introduce Uber. And but it's you know, kill. people wish that Cayman was a continent. Do you know that? A lot of people <laughs> wish that Cayman was a continent. How stupid can you think? It's not a continent. It's not growing. It cannot get any bigger. This is an island. It's small. Yeah. And you cannot. It's just poor planning, poor everything, poor management. You you can't build everything in your living room. You got to spread out. Okay, mine is 22 miles long by eight wide. And everything that you do, you're going to do it in the capital. It's drawing all the vehicles in one spot. And they're running around all day, getting frustrated with each other. Uh-uh. It's just sick. And it's too many bloody cars. Nobody wants to talk about that. That's what they need to talk about. It's too many cars in the island. It's all in the, for the sake of revenue. It is just killing everything. It's destroying the whole island. It's destroying people's morale. It's just, it's just creating a whole lot of mess. All right. Let me leave you right there, Sandy. Thank you, baby. I appreciate Have it. Have a good one. My pleasure. Bye. Thank you. <clears throat> so, um, Kevin, maybe we need a Uber question here this morning. Let's do a survey. Um, because I can see a lot of the comments coming in. People are saying that we should have Uber. Let me tell you all something. You either innovate or you die. The taxi service, and I don't really care about all the excuses in the world. We all have to deal with traffic. I know sitting down all day, not good for your back, but somebody just said, that is a choice. You're in a business where you're going to be sitting all day. That's not good for your health in more ways than one. But it is a choice. Two things are going to happen here. An Uber service will start. And that's going to be the death of most taxi businesses. Because you can't have a monopoly and provide poor service. Somebody trying to get home. And they don't know if they're going to be able to call a taxi. But you must have a long list of numbers. You call in one taxi from the next and next and next. Come on now. I told y'all when I was in New York last um, January, their taxi service has an app. I can go in there and order a driver, ping my location from an app and say, this is yellow taxi, by the way, not even Uber. Come and pick me up. And then they have in a real-time map They show me exactly where the driver is. So I went to do a massage in one little place there. And, you know, it was nighttime. So I didn't want to drive back to the hotel. I didn't want to walk back to the hotel. 20 minutes beforehand, because again, nothing worse than New York traffic by Times Square. I reserve the car. said, come now, because by the time you reach in half an hour, because of traffic, I'll be ready. Everybody gets the whole traffic situation. It just means that people requesting a taxi have to order a little bit in advance and get it done. Somebody said there's already an Uber type business already on the way. You can't stop Uber. You cannot stop it. You innovate or you die. Taxi drivers, you innovate or you die. It's interesting that the caller said that there was a time when it used to be easy. 
<laughs> well, I mean, that's all nice and whatever. But maybe the job has been too easy for far too long. That is why we have every Tom, Dick, Harry, Sally, Ebank, Smith, this one, that one. Everybody wants to be a friggin' taxi driver. And they want to do it on their terms. Because they could go work a couple hours for the day and make all kind of money. And then some of them have this attitude like, oh, I only want to work the Rich Carlton. I only want to work seven miles strip. I only want to pick up certain locations. You can't do that. If you're a taxi driver, you have to be available all over the island. Here's the solution. Get rid of this foolishness with everybody being on a frolic of their own. Everybody owning their own taxi. Everybody doing whatever they want when they feel like it. Government, public transport. Set up a taxi service that is government owned and operated and it falls under public transport. The dispatch center properly falls under public transport. All the vehicles, all the assets, everything is owned by the government of the Cayman Islands. The taxi drivers become employees, right? And they put them to work different shifts in different um, quadrants of the island, different locations. Hmm? You work, you get full benefits. You don't have to worry about your taxi not working, uh, repairing this and that. They complain, oh, I make $50 for the day, but then I got to spend $40 on gas. It would even make more sense for them. The benefits would be there for them. And the level of customer service, because when you hire people, if they're not performing, everybody has a little QR code or the little smiley buttons. People have a bad experience. You have people getting on buses right now that are being sexually abused by other passengers. That man has been arrested. There's certain slack things that are happening on buses and taxis. One person actually commented, I want to read some of the comments, right? Because when you read the comments of this um, situation, you get to fully understand how deplorable the taxi service actually is here in the Cayman Islands. And there's no excuse for it. I don't care how much traffic there is. Yeah? Yeah? So somebody said, the sad for Cayman, all these taxi licenses and no taxi available when needed. The taxi board needs to recall the license. They're not been used, they're not, they are not been used to service the public, give to people who are willing to work for honest money. Somebody else says, listen, these taxis are an island unreliable. I've been left stranded twice by both 777 and 888 after being told that they were on their way and nobody showed up. But how can we tell, but who can we tell or explain to? Nobody cares. This is ridiculous. So you must have numbers of individual taxi drivers. Come on, man. Somebody says we were exactly the same. We ordered a taxi, said they would come. Nobody showed up. Another and another, same thing. Nobody showed up. Eventually just had to walk home. I was so mad. They go on to say last weekend, I got a taxi from a restaurant that wasn't even a mile from her house. 
but too far for me to walk. Late at night on my own, $45, absolute robbery. I was shocked and the taxi man just laughed in my face. You know, we, so, we supposedly have this CI go taxi fare, but every single, once you organize it properly, government takes control of it. As you get into the taxi, every single taxi has the meter that's right there that shows you where you're going, running in real time, right? Shows you how much your taxi fare is. Organizes properly government. It does not take a brain surgeon here. We have women that have been sexually assaulted by taxi drivers. Yeah? And the taxi drivers lied about, well, he got off. The, the jury believed his lies about where he went and what he did and what stops he made. How can that be? Every device should have a tracking device in it for the safety of people. There was another one here. <clears throat> I'm going to bring up this question here. There's another one where people were asking about, um, in the same comment section, one person said that she got picked up finally after being late. And then they were like, oh, well, I have to go do another pickup. And it's a guy. She didn't feel comfortable with that as a woman having to share a taxi with another person. And it's not like they're going to cut your fee for you. And she told him, I'm not happy with that. I believe, if my memory told corrects me here, that um, they basically told her to get out the taxi. There's too much slackness that is going on with these taxi drivers. And it's putting people's lives at risk, to be quite honest, in more ways than one. Rachel Ann says Uber's needed so badly here. Give all them taxi companies a good run for their money. They charge so much for a single trip to nowhere. They can well afford to not operate during those peak hours that are needed for so many others to avoid risky behavior. Here's somebody else. Similar thing happened to my husband. But there was, this was around 9 p.m. on a weekday and no answer from 777 whatsoever. So Stephanie, her they wouldn't even answer. I'm sorry, 9 o'clock? Where's the traffic 9 o'clock at night? I feel like there's just too many excuses. And you can eliminate all of this by having it properly organized and properly done. Systems in place, SOPs, right? Safety, a complete mechanism, a number you can call, a website you can visit. Every single taxi driver falls under one umbrella. Not, oh, this one is independent. This one is part of this taxi company. This one is part of... We need to change it, and we need to change it quickly. I am tired of the excuses for why we can't do what we need to do in this country. Like I said, you're going to innovate or die as a business. And death to taxis are coming. Here's our first poll question of the day then. Um, should Cayman move to from taxi transportation and move to ride-sharing transportation such as Uber or Lyft? And, you know, these are... Um, 
public. I'm going to put it up here in a second. Give me one second. These are public uh, companies. Um, sorry. These are privately owned entities, right? Uh, Kevin, can you send me the link for the actual? Uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, here we go. No. Let me try to find it. Oh, yeah, here we go. Right? So, um, folks, these are, um, and I'm going to send the link here, and then you can also do the QR code. Okay, so these are these are private companies. But my thing is, maybe in this particular sense, it actually makes sense to have this be, now, I don't believe in government operating too many things because I don't think they do very much well. But maybe it's time for this to come under a well-organized, either a central company where you only have one company that organizes everything. You put it out to tender and you have one company doing it. But I think given what I know about the taxis and how competitive they are and all kind of foolishness, I think the best thing to do here is to make government take control of it. Start voting, folks. Scan the QR code. Alternatively, let me get the link here, which I'm going to um, to put. Um, in the so basically, the question is: Is it time for Uber? That's the question. In short format, is it time for an Uber-style business in the Cayman Islands? So, I mean, from what I've seen, I think the overwhelming amount of people um, are in favor of it because they're just sick of what's available here. Now, Uber takes a good chunk of your money. I'm going to be honest with you. So, um, George says, nobody's talking about the amount of cars on the island. Oh, we're talking about that. And I'm not saying, Mr. George, that that's not part of the problem. But in a lot of instances, that has nothing to do with it. I told you about my experience because I don't really use taxis, right? But the last experience I had was on a Sunday afternoon at Wellis. And guess what? Because it was raining. They never wanted to come out in the rain. Yeah. I was like, what? Rain or shine? Rain or shine? Seriously? Taxi drivers have gotten a little bit too comfortable sitting in that driver's seat. Now, like I said, there are very unique things to Uber. Uber takes about 25, 30% of what you make. So don't think Uber is perfect and doesn't have its issues for people who work for Uber and has some concerns. That's why I'm not sure how profitable Uber would be because in order to take that money, people are going to charge ridiculous rates as well, right? So I think a proper government-organized one is the way to go. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandra. How are you doing? Not too bad. You just uh, start touching on what I was going to argue. Uh-huh. So, I mean, what we would be doing if we brought Uber inside here would be exporting a lot of the capital out of the country, as we do now with so many other businesses. Mm-hmm. So much. And, and despite what everybody thinks, Uber actually doesn't hold 
uh, uh, a patent on the concept or the idea of the ride share um, business. Mm-hmm. So sim- simply put, there's nothing stopping Cayman Islands government from putting together an Uber platform. Yes. And just saying, and just saying all public transport falls under this one here. Mm-hmm. And, here's, and here's the terms and conditions by which you can operate. Because here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Uber, Uber has changed their business model and they don't use your indiv- individual's cars. They now buy the cars and you lease the cars from them. Hmm. So they're getting you on both ends. Wow. Right? That way they were able to uh, uh, multiply their their coverage uh, at a significant rate yes. than just hiring people because people, there are some people who are not financially um, sound enough to maintain their vehicles to right. a, a standard that Uber would accept. Are we having this right. with taxi drivers in Cayman as well? Exactly. And, and and as a result, what Uber said is if we want quality control and good service, they have to have a minimum standard on the vehicle. So after X amount of years of leasing it or mileage, whichever comes first, you turn it back in and get another one. I know this because I have a Caymanian friend who lives in the U.S. who actually um, works on the vehicles after they've been returned, put back out on the used car market. So, so they fix them up to, for them to be resold to the used car market. But my point, getting back to the thing, is it's, it's, it's as simple as this. And, and, and while I say it's as simple as this, it's also not simple because, all, as always, politics comes in. Mm-hmm. And, it does, and it needs a, a, a group of, uh, um, of politicians, opposition, and uh, um, uh, the, the government in, in, in power to say, hey, we're going to set standards. And this is what it's going to be. And everybody falls underneath this. And then that's revenue, consistent revenue with much easier quality control um, uh, formulas in place. And therefore, it's across the board. There's no ambiguity. And then there's no situations of uh, less than desirable vehicles on the road, uh, unsafe vehicles on the road, uninsured vehicles on the road, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like I said, it even, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And like I said, it even goes beyond that. We have had a woman who was, well, listen, I I believe her a thousand percent. She says that she was sexually assaulted by a taxi driver. And get this, the man did not even have a taxi license. He was moonlighting using his mother's vehicle because she's the one with the taxi service. Yeah. And he's moonlighting. So the investigation that the police had to carry out in terms of even who was driving it that night, because he doesn't have a taxi license, checking CCTV cameras, checking the check. Listen, you standardize it and there's security measures in place for everybody's protection. Every single taxi should have a dash cam system that covers both the internal inside the cabin and the outside with audio. Hmm? I bet you one thing he would have been convicted then. The jurors would have believed that woman then. This is a professional woman, a mother with several children, went out a little happy hour drink with her girlfriends, trying to get home to her husband. Right? And a jury of his peers believed him. This woman was on her monthly cycle. She don't know this man from nowhere in the moon. And yet they believed that she was open to having him 
insert his fingers in her vagina. The day that verdict came in, that jury should have been shot. Every single one of you. I was like, what? Because y'all are so close-minded. Attacking the victim. Oh, well, she's an expat. Y'all don't know all these expats. Women want Caymanian men. I was like, are you kidding me? Really? What? Why would she? He lied about so many things. About where he went that night. But she was at a disadvantage because here you had a jury of Caymanians that just didn't like this. Oh, well, she's a white professional, you know, whatever. Hoity-toity, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. She's going to just frame somebody for doing something like this and make this up? I was so shocked. And then when I hear other stories about him from your own Caymanian children, about how he was trying to set them up with his cousins to rape and sexually assault them, inviting them over to their house and all kind of stuff. I say, yeah, the jury didn't get to hear any of those stories, of course. But the day he rapes one of your children, then you're going to expect justice. But you couldn't give, because she's a foreign woman, you couldn't give her justice. It's despicable. But situations like that could be resolved if every single taxi on the roadway had a security system, dash cams. You wouldn't have taxi drivers trying to make moves on these women when they are vulnerable and drunk and intoxicated and under the influence. It is very, very concerning. Uh, Roseanne says, I thought we had Flex came on. What happened with that? I don't know what Flex came on is. Uh, Ingrid says, thank you. Uber would be very good here in Cayman just because of all these lazy taxi drivers full of excuses. Christopher joins in, says Uber is needed. And this would solve many of the issues we face, especially um, during the holidays. Taxi drivers can work for Uber. You see, taxi drivers can't sit back and try to put political pressure on elected officials and hope that that's going to give them job security. Innovate or die. It's as simple as that. that, that I mean, I, I don't know how much clearer to make the message. But we are so used to getting our way regardless. Oh, this is a Caymanian operated business, blah, blah, blah. Well, I can tell you what. Most of the people in the business aren't even Caymanians anymore. I mean, they have status, I suppose. But let's just be very, very honest about what's happening with that industry as well. John says competition always changes the landscape. Uh, aquatics... Uh, AJ Aquatics says that um, ACCKY isn't allowed to have Uber to protect the local taxi businesses. Well, I'm saying that this is not something that they can get protection for, especially when the service leaves so much to be desired. You can't protect an industry that is substandard. And I hear your excuses. I hear about the traffic. My God, we all have to sit in it, unfortunately. And if that industry just isn't for you, then it just isn't for you. Not everybody's meant to sit in a car all day. I know I couldn't do it. Right? No no bathroom facilities. If government set it up properly, they would have a, um, 
a station on West Bay Road, the one that they have in town. They've got that one there. They should have proper restroom facilities at all of these locations. They would have one kind of out east where, again, drivers could stay in a particular area. Like if I'm a taxi driver working for the government, I live in, you know, East End or whatever. I don't necessarily want to be working West Bay Road. I might say, hey, can you just put me on the schedule to just work the Eastern Districts? All I'm saying is there has got to be a better way. John says the taxi situation has been pathetic since the day I landed on this island. Get an Uber situation where the drivers don't have to be licensed by the taxi authority and we're all set. Caveat emptor. Well, I don't think that it should be a free-for-all personally. And that's also one of the other issues with Uber, right? We've seen safety issues arise. Even some Uber drivers have been accused and have been convicted of sexually assaulting women and doing other kind of behaviors as well. There has to be a vetting process. So you can't have a child molester or a repeat sex offender getting an Uber license and using that to carry out um, and target tourists and stuff like that. So I think there has to be, don't make it a free-for-all. I don't think that that's the solution. I think putting more in place um, is a solution. Inspiring says, that's why I love UberX, UberXL, UberBlock, Lyft, LyftXL, et cetera. I don't even know what, I, what what's all the XL for. What's the XL and Black and all that kind of stuff? Ron says, typical, man called in and took no accountability for poor taxi service. Time to bring an Uber. So, so far, the vote says 89% says introduce an Uber-style um, system. 11% basically are saying no. Um, so what? Alejandro talking about building a bridge to Florida. Okay. <sighs> JD, good morning. Says, I keep thinking about developing it myself and deploying it on cloud servers. Can't tell people they can't use WhatsApp to hail a ride, much less any other app. Government, I don't, I don't know. If government has taken a position on this and said that they're not going to allow Uber, that's ridiculous. And I don't know that legally that they can really stop it. Tracy is asking whether they tried something similar already. I'm not aware. Um, Johan says, you really compare New York to Grand Cayman taxi services? What I'm saying is the, the organizing of it, right? How well it was organized, how I could book it from an app, how I could see exactly where the vehicle was in, in transit. Those are the things that I'm talking about. And when people say they complain about the traffic, there's no worse traffic in the world than New York traffic. And yet, I never had an issue getting a freaking taxi. So, it's not an apples for apples comparison. What I do admit is that there is a better way, even as a consumer, not as a taxi driver, but from the consumer perspective, I have seen a better way that actually works. So, Charles says, I don't mind the Uber, a little hope for me to run a little trip. And make some money on the side. I don't sleep anyhow. Um, Anne says there's curb in Miami. Monica says, I love Panama, Jamaica taxi. Like dirt anytime you're ready. 
Um, Alejandro says public buses here used to have the same real-time tracking and no one used it, so nothing going to change. They had a real-time tracking app? I've never heard of that before. And it's not like everybody's going to use it, but there are people who will. Mr. Goodlook says, uh, unless Uber's coming with flying cars, that's the only how it's going to work. The problem is the traffic. Just create a bus and taxi lane and that's it. Uh, Mello says having a taxi service and having to Uber is not mutually exclusive. Those with taxis can also be on Uber. Mr. George says, can someone please bring in someone to compete with CUC? Talk about, well, you can get solar if you want. There's always an option. Uh, and then people complain about that too, Mr. George. They complain that they don't want to believe that. They don't want to pay the price because they want everything to be free or dirt cheap. So solar isn't dirt cheap and they don't want to pay for that. Um, I don't know. Did we have an Uber service on island? So Johan says two different worlds, culture, independency, and taxis, et cetera. If you are an independent taxi driver that owns your own business, it's free to set your own hours of service. That is K-Man's reality for taxi services. Well, I'm saying that's a poor reality when you can't find people on a Sunday. They don't want to work except in certain quadrants. And, um, you know, at night, when you need a taxi so you don't go and kill somebody and drink and drive, you can't get anybody who wants to work. That model cannot be sustainable, Johan. I don't care if that's the Cayman way or not. We have to admit that there are certain things that we have done in a particular way for far too long that are just completely nonsensical. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so fix it. Ingrid says taxi drivers have the worst attitude here in Cayman. They're greedy for money but lazy to pick up late calls. Inspiring says Uber doesn't need to bring any flying cars or many cars in Ireland and people without jobs that will be happy to work for Uber. Uh, Damien says that was then, this is now, times have changed. Gabby says that's why um, I try my best not to take a bus. Yeah, there's so much foolishness you have to put, put up with. Um, Damien says all of them need to be re-examined. I have a complaint case. Now waiting for nine months. And a taxi? Lord Jesus. What a hot mess. No, sir. And that's the thing, too. Who do you complain to? You know, there, there's not even... It's an independent business. So who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? The Better Business Bureau that does not exist in the Cayman Islands? Y'all see the problems? So that's acceptable? It's acceptable to have a taxi service that can, you know, taxi drivers can do whatever they want and there's no oversight. Oh, public transport? They're not supposed to be the oversight for them? Come on now. Mm-mm. No, honey child, it ain't working. Uh, Wanda sense, says, since they're all independent, you wouldn't have to know everyone's number. That's crazy. Who works at night? Who knows? Well, I don't even know... So how does, if they're independent and you have some that are companies, some that are independent, when you call the, what is it, 777-888, what's the number that you call for taxi? Who do they have to dispatch? Are you telling me that they only have um, certain people? 
I, I mean, I don't even understand how it works. You know, hadn't sense you or anybody else that's complaining should start a taxi company service of their own if you want perfect service. <laughs> you had your causing me to cough now. Nobody's asking for perfect service, first of all. Let's be clear. What people are saying is that there should be minimal standards of service. And there are not. I hear a, I hear a phone ringing. Oh, there we go. Good morning, caller. Hello, caller. Hello. Yes. Yes. Morning, morning. Morning. You know, I got I got to say something about this, right? Because, um, if you're catching a taxi, right, mm -hmm. after you go out for a drink, mm -hmm. you should catch a taxi when you're leaving home, so that the taxi driver will know you're out. But did you yeah, listen to what I said? Did you listen to what no, the person no. wrote? They tried and nobody showed up. But they drove there to the place, didn't they? They said, Alejandro, I need you they to pay I need you to pay attention. No, they did not drive. If they drove, they wouldn't have to walk home. If they did he hang up the phone? Listen to me. If you're gonna participate in the conversation. I at least need you to pay attention. Let me read again what was said. They said they tried to get a taxi beforehand. Let's back it up, folks. Okay? We called from home several times until the central picked it up and almost 40 minutes, no taxi. What, what would you expect them to do? Sit down and wait two hours to get a taxi to come and collect them? Come on now. I mean, at, at some point, we have got to stop accepting not even mediocrity because I don't know what this is. This isn't mediocre. This is piss poor. This is ridiculous. Wait 40 minutes. You call multiple times, even get somebody to answer the phone. And then you must sit down and wait 40 minutes and nobody shows up. Meanwhile, your little Christmas party is almost over, almost done for. Come on now. And everything, oh, it's the consumer who must be penalized. Well, you must just, you must do this. You must go out of your way. You must wait. You must, are these people running a business or not? That's the only question I have. Because if you're running a business, you need to do a better job. And what we're saying to you all is the general consensus is the taxi service needs complete revamping. And it sucks. It's horrible. Damien says, come on, Alejandro. What if they get busy or finish the shift? The same taxi? Yeah, you can't expect the same taxi to necessarily pick you back up. Sarah weighs in says we need a proper bus service with GPS and cameras. Like in, well, I was just saying that about taxis, Sarah. Same thing. Sandy says this man didn't listen. Sandy said it clearly. A couple had called from home before and no one answered. Jeez, listen before you call and see Martin sound ridiculous. <sighs> Lorraine says, I know several people who've arranged for a cab to take them to dinner and then pick them up. And the taxi driver then made arrangements and with arrangements with never showed up to get them. Imagine you you have had drinks, 
you know, you, you definitely no condition to drive. You made arrangements. Okay, come for me at 10 o'clock. And then they don't show up. And Miss Lorraine, unfortunately, there is no accountability. So Charles says, not sure I agree with the implementation of Uber because it would negatively impact Caymanian families. But if it's going to be implemented, it should be owned by the country. 91% so far, continue voting, are in favor of an Uber style. Doesn't have to be Uber. I don't care what it's called. Uber, Lyft, whatever. The concept. When you mention Uber, everybody gets it. Melita, good morning. Melita said also, some people that use taxi services regularly and may have a history of certain behaviors while heading to their destination after being out will eventually get avoided. Well, I mean, any service can be denied for violent people or, like I said, people sexually assaulting people on a plane, on a plane, on the, um, on the bus. You have a right to turn down those people for service. Damien says that certain resorts have expat valets hired that work with taxis on commission. Then the tourist does not know of the app and pays more. <laughs> what a hot mess. Good morning, Aliano. Says uh, there is an issue with this bus and taxi and transport service. It starts from the top and rots to the bottom. So let's call this 77 number here this morning. Because I'm curious about how this works. And I'm going to ask them again. Listen to the question now. Let's call them. Alejandro says we should all get a car and don't get drunk. Anybody surprised that it rang out? <laughs> Let's call it again. So when people say they called 100 times, might not have been exactly 100, it might have been 99. So how many times do you think I should call him? Call the E's radio. Oh, oh sh sorry. She eventually, hey, I answered the phone. Um, let's try again. Sorry. <coughs> oh, now it's busy. <laughs> All right. So here I am drunk, probably not in the morning, but anyway, you never know. Here I am drunk and I'm trying to call. You expect a drunk person to be calling like 50 times, 100 times. How is this going to work exactly? I'm just saying. Uh, Debbie, thank you. Debbie says that um, using the taxi service in Thailand was um, a pleasure, not a headache. 
Melanie, the alternative YouTube link. Let me show you the um, channel, the YouTube backup YouTube channel. There it is. Just find that. And I'll also share the link in the comment section. All right, I'm going to um, continue for you guys asking you to vote. And the first poll question of the day, we are going to change topics here shortly to the budget. But this needs to be fixed. I mean, come on. Like I said, on the one hand, it's not difficult to fix. But on the other hand, I think the political will to fix it doesn't exist. Here is what um, a caller said uh, recently in relation to customer service, generally speaking. Yes, Ms. Sandra, it's a disgrace how many places in Cayman the customer service is just awful, lacking, no customer service manners, no phone, nothing. Uh, Cayman Airways, the girl sound like she's lying in bed talking to you. Don't tell you to hold nothing. Call Pizza mm -hmm. Hut, the woman say, what? What you want? What? It, you know, it's just terrible. And, and, and all of these people, I'm sorry, Jamaicans. And nothing against Jamaicans, but it's just like, how do these people get jobs? Yes, Miss Sandra, it's a disgrace how many places in Cayman the customer service is just awful. Oh, lacking. it's a loop, sorry. No customer service so, manners, no phone, nothing. Uh, you ask him in areas reservation. Sometimes you get an agent that is very, very good. And then there's this girl there that she is just rude. Then she puts you on hold for spite. So you'd be waiting long and then you'd be like, hello? Because you think you got cut off. Because huh? there's no, she doesn't even tell you to please hold or anything like that. And, and then um, Pizza Hut, there's always this Jamaican lady that answer. Um, no listening skills, no repeating skills. I think when you get hired for those type of jobs, that would be like the best part of the interview is listening skills and be trained properly. What a hot mess, folks. Um, so I, I, I mean, I'm shocked. Customer service, generally speaking, seems to need an over, overhaul. Um, but specifically, not even in general terms, specifically, I feel like, you know, um, we just, we just got to do better. We have got to do better. My God. Let's read some WhatsApp comments. Um, someone says that, yes, Uber takes a good chunk of your money. That's why Flex failed. Um, authorities in one city have put pink women-only buses in service designed to pr protect female passengers from harassment. Oh, then this looks like a, uh, this actually looks like a Middle Eastern country based on how they're dressed and also the background. And you could understand, um, again, why this would be important. So, um, oops, give me one second here. I'm trying to pull up this image for you guys to see. I, I like this idea. I think this is a good idea. Um, <clears throat> so there they are. So you get on this bus, you know that you're going to be safe. I mean, you should be able to get on any bus and be safe, but 
there's certain countries around the world that you dare not get on a bus as a woman because you'll literally be raped and sexually assaulted in the back of the bus and there's no protection. It's happened and it's horrific. Countries like India and stuff like that. Someone said this would be a great business for a Caymanian woman. Um, somebody says you turn Uber loose and taxis will get the all the rest that they need. <laughs> Tongue in cheek for those complaining about how hard it is. They said they'll get the rest they need then. Laughing out loud. Uh, they can't even get to a fair. How is he going to get to war? He said if Uber came, there would be a war. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Mm-hmm. Somebody said it's coming to Cayman. Um, one is already on the way. They added me last week. The Instagram page is up. Oh, so let's see what this is. This one is called um, Island Go app. The first affordable carpooling app in the Caribbean coming soon to Grand Cayman, Bermuda, and beyond. Register your interests. Carpooling? Well, I think most people don't want to carpool necessarily. So if that's the focus, I don't know how well that's going to work. But, well, <laughs> sorry, we'll see. Oh, gosh, sorry. We'll see. Um... Somebody says they try to get a service similar to Uber here called Flex. From what I understand, uh, the very few taxis joined up. Oh, so this was geared towards the taxi drivers joining. They prefer to get money in their hands. Of course they do. Um, all right. This person says, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so vote in the poll, folks. Is it time for Uber? This person said, but there's also an app that persons can request a taxi on. The taxi number goes directly to the driver's radio. Huh. Uh, this person says, hey, Sandy, kind of is off the wall idea here. We have a lot of smart Caymanian people <clears throat> in the IT industry. I'm wondering about a request for proposals to develop a local ride share platform. Taxi licenses could then be linked to the platform, the successful bidder, could then be paid royalties for renewal of taxi licenses. Obviously, the contract price for development would have to be attractive. To my mind, this keeps capital in the country and stimulates IT and transportation industries. Random thoughts needing further refinement. Thanks. Somebody says, good morning, honey child. Are the taxis privately owned? Have the same problem in Bermuda. After 12 a.m., hard to get a taxi. And by law, a taxi should be operating for 16 hours a day. Same handbook, Sandra. What a hot mess. And uh, this person has shared an article from the Royal Gazette newspaper there in Bermuda where they were complaining about taxi laws needing to be enforced. Huh. Shock and surprisation. Same problems. What a mess. No, sir. This person says, if you can't get taxi, get public bus, the public bus drivers don't have no manners putting off passengers off the bus saying that they're not going east end or north side. They need to give them tickets. Uh, 
Ow. <clears throat> what a hot mess. Um, so this person says building a bridge to Florida. I don't think Cuba and Washington would like that. Uh, Great Britain is an island. It has Uber. Flex is almost like Uber with an app and stuff, but I heard it is still expensive. Huh. Uh, this person says, oh, Lord, Miss Sandy, don't say that when they should have been. Oh. Um, this person says, Miss Sandy, when these people go to license taxi yearly, they should have a time, 9 to 5 or 12 a.m. to 5, whatever, just like the liquor stores, I bet they stick to the time. And when you have one control center, then they all have to call into that to start working. And once they finish, both private company and personal. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Like, you don't, from what I'm understanding happenings, happens, um, you don't even know when a taxi is actually, a particular driver is working or not. It doesn't make any sense. At least if you had it organized properly and you had a central control system, control center, then yes, you could actually have, um, you know, they could tell you, we've got this taxi available in this area right now or not. Or after midnight, we only have 10 taxis in operations. It's something. You must go through every single taxi number and call people. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think ride sharing is really the answer. I suggest he called Domino's instead. Who's called what? Domino's? Can you imagine all these Uber vehicles pulling to the side of the road and trying to get back in traffic, especially in West Bay Road? Says Damien. Taxi fears and came out is way out of pocket. Says Rough Seas. All right. Well, we'll we'll circle back. <coughs> this person said I would use Uber to and from work. I would only drive my car on the weekends. So a solution like Uber could, depending on the cost, potentially keep, um, you know, some people off the roads that ordinarily, you know, listen, I'm, I'm not sure if I would use Uber every single day, but there's a lot of days that I don't feel like driving anywhere. Yes. So if I had a viable alternative, I would use it too. All right. Like many issues, we're going to park it and come back to it. Um, I think it is something worth considering. The fact that the general population is saying, bring in Uber, that should be evidence enough. If you're a taxi driver and you're listening this morning, that should be evidence enough that people are not happy with what is going on. Yes. The, what is there isn't working. And y'all complaining, it doesn't sound like it's working for you all either. Because you're also complaining about long hours, this and that. Maybe there should be a maximum of eight-hour shifts. So you shouldn't be um, sitting in your car trying to sit and drive half, half wake, half sleep for eight hours a day and blah, blah, blah. Maybe a win-win for everybody. Um, this person says that when you're able to get a taxi, rude Jamaican arrives, overcharges you, and uh, don't know where they're going, shaking my 
S-M-F-H. You figure out what that means. All right. I had to be very careful with that phrase because I almost wanted to say the full thing. Um, Dion says, I think Uber is a good way of improving our transport system. Al says, call a donkey. They always show up. (laughs) Oh, my God, Al. Diamond Princess says, both bus and taxi service needs to be revamped to be more organized, to give better service. Uh, Customer service, time management. You have to call the taxi number a few times before you get an answer and then wait up to 45 minutes sometimes for them to arrive. Um, yeah, yes, sir. I'm still, yes, sir. I'm still on air, but tell me. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> the location of your place right now, they need a bag to live. So. Are they there? They are in the area. They try and find exactly where you are. Is it? Let me, uh, 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 let me, um, ping you the location. Okay, cool. Thank you. All right, Han. All right, bye. We can't be giving locations and stuff on the air now. <coughs> no, no, honey, child. All right. Uh, let me see here now. One second. Thank God for modern technology. I can ping them the location, and then I can open the door, and I don't even have to be there. Look at that. Look at modern technology working miracles. Okay. Uh, okay, okay. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. <coughs> uh, thank you, Diamond Princess. Siobhan says we'll bring in Uber's one thing, but the driver still needs to have manners and listening skills because you can bring in anything. But if there's no change in customer service, then the same thing will happen. Melanie says Uber ride sharing already exists in, con- in construction. They buy cheap vehicles and charge co-workers for rides. Apparently, they also rent out the vehicles to friends of friends visiting the island. Oh, really? Well, there you go. Didn't even know. Thanks, Mel. Uh, Damien says government needs to buy a large tract of land and create a bus depot with parking. You leave your car at a terminal in East District and take the bus. Again, uh, ways to address, you know, traffic, um, congestion, especially like in places like Central Georgetown or whatever, but you've got to have something that works. These terminals can also offer small satellite stores and food stalls. Um, to take the bus, you use your bus card that has credit on it and the buses are sanitized three times a day while another reserve bus uh, fills the route. Some good ideas, folks. Um, I think we need to just get on it. All right, let's move on. So there's two topics. Um, we're not going to have enough time for both. Um, but there's two topics that I, I need to touch on. So uh, let's talk about the Brack School. Because there is a situation with kids um, showing up to house in West Bay, um, looking to fight with weapons trying to do damage to a child. I'll leave that for tomorrow's discussion after our Health City segment. But this is shocking. Yeah, We have the video, y'all. You are not going to believe this. This is next level cray-cray, crazy. 
Uh, let's talk about Kim and Brock for a second. Um, and I know Brockers, I saw your comments and y'all up in your feelings. Like, oh, you know, we, we don't get nothing. Uh, we don't get anything. It's about time we get in something. Let me just stop you dead in your tracks for a second there. Um, I, I, I'm shaking my head going, what? Y'all don't get nothing? Well, whose fault is that? Cayman Brock has had a representative, not just as an MP, but as a minister, every single uh, time there is a desire to... Um, <clears throat> there is a desire to have a BRAC MP get a ministerial position so that the BRACers can feel represented. <sighs> okay. Let's say theoretically there's no issue with that. And there are issues with that, but let's leave that alone for a second, right? If you all are now complaining that the BRAC has been left out and hasn't gotten anything, whose fault is that? Say what? Whose fault is that, y'all? <clears throat> I don't understand it. Uh, uh, I'm supposed to be concerned with you already having a minister when you're not willing to admit that the real problem is that the people that y'all keep electing are not doing their jobs, that's why you have no real representation. It has nothing to do with, oh, you're the sister island and you can't get you can't get any um you can't get any anything. You're not getting anything because your MPs are lazy, good for nothing. One is is a Bible tooting fool, and the next one, well, I don't even know where he is. Where's Moses Kirkernel? Is he still working for the people of Kim and Brock? But y'all keep electing him, huh? Isn't that funny? Oh, well, 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 we need a school. We need something. Our kids are going to... All 200 of our children. For years, Kim and Brockers have been complaining about there's no space in, at the entry level. Forget about the high school. We haven't gone that far yet. There's no facilities for the babies. No daycare facilities, nothing. How long have y'all not been complaining about that? And you have had a representative who is a two-time education minister. And she's not found a single solution. Hear me good now. She has not found a single solution for reception or preschool or daycare services for Kim and Brock. But yet she jumps up talking about a $50 million school. And y'all gonna think, oh, well, look here, she, she's doing something for us. This is great now that she's premier. Don't be stupid. Don't be short-sighted. This is someone who wants to buy your vote. And I'm gonna be very, very honest with you. She seems to know that y'all are so cheaply bought. Yeah? That it's so easy. Tell me something. How can government, if this was just approved in the budget on Friday, how is it possible that government already has out 
an RFP for design and build of a new Cayman Brock High School. You know why? This is one of the reasons why they had to get rid of Wayne Panton. Because Wayne Panton was saying a $50 million school on the Brock for so few students is not good money spend. And furthermore, we just don't have it. So the solution is do nothing for the 20 years that you've been in public office. Get on Radio Cayman talking foolishness about, oh, well, if I'd stayed in public practice, private practice, I could have been a partner. I could have been a partner at Truman Bodden. <laughs> I tell you what, as a partner of Truman Bodden, you would have had to perform or you would have been fired. You would have had to bring in clients or you would have been fired. You'd have to work or you would have been fired. You've had an easy ride, lady. Doing nothing. Go to church and that's how you get your votes. Jamila says they don't even have proper health care on the Brock. So yes, there are a lot of things missing on Cayman Brack. The schools, if they're in deplorable condition now, they have been in deplorable condition for a long time. Does that happen overnight? And there have been no movements whatsoever to do anything about it. So you wait until it's what? At a critical stage? Talk about building um, a school and hurricane shelter for 200 students and 40 staff? Let me ask you, Brackers, a question. There's a facility right there on the Brack now. Every time I go to the Brack, right? They ask me if I can find out what this facility is for. It has been built for years. No one has ever used it. Nobody don't know what it's for. The AC is kept at 60 degrees 24-7. Again, that's another Juliana project. Or Moses, or one of them that's been in there for donkey years. They build this building. Don't tell you what it is. Don't use it. Don't make it available to the community. And y'all tell me y'all not getting stuff. You being left behind. Blame your MPs for that. Don't come crying to the people of Grand Cayman. You keep electing them. Good morning, caller. Good morning. Tell us do worry. They got to get everything they need. Now, we, we is the one going to be in the mess. They, they well, if, if they, they, if they think... Listen, if they think that they're not going to be in a mess, they better think again because we all pay the price of over-budgeting and over-spending when we simply don't have it. And we all we all going to be in a mess because you see this big money that she's giving them? Wait till next year come. Hmm. Where the money coming from? And then, and then like, like the same boat she, she um, giving this um, extra do this for the people's um, for Christmas and things. And like somebody saying, who that benefiting? Not the poor people. It is the rich people that that benefit. That not benefiting me or you or, or somebody else like us. All they're doing is foolishness. I got watched, but you should have watched her the other day when she was giving that speech up and then she was so nervous. Everybody noticed that that whole hand was shaking. What can shake for Harris and then papers? And you noticed <laughs> she had all the papers that she had. You wasn't have all the papers that she had because she had a pistol of all the reading. And I tell the person, I say, unnoticed good how she had. All of the ends of the papers bent so that when she goes to lift them because she was so nervous sometimes 
They put her hand down flat, and you could see her, and then her voice so clapping. Then you had to see the stuff. I mean, she she's a disgrace to represent us. She needs Jesus, peace. I mean, you can't help her. You're born and look, but you can. Man, I tell you, are so disappointed. Then they were wondering how they reported about what accident we were in. We wasn't in a car accident. He had a little accident at his house. Yeah, he we went. we have we have all the details on that. He he just he fell. Yeah. come no and tell him that not come no. Um. Um, what I call it, that's fact that could happen to anybody. He was yeah. waiting, and he got tripped Well, actually, he was he was changing a tire on, on his or changing a flat on his car. But listen, no, uh-uh. no not that he would he got tripped up in carpet. I'm telling you, it wasn't a tire. No. <laughs> away, well, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure that I got the story down pat. It wasn't carpet, he was actually outside when it happened, he fell outside. And he doesn't remember exactly that part of the story, but um, it seems like someone might have been close by and either he tripped on them or something like that, but he tripped and fell outside. So, and these things happen. I mean, I had a fall the other day that was so bizarre and unexplainable. But anyway, that that, that part of the story, um, and by the way, we're, we're wishing him a speedy recovery. Thanks for reminding us about that. All right, my dear. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Okay, honey. Yeah, we are. Um, he had a couple a pr- previous premiere. Uh, forgot to mention the story. Uh, Wayne Panton had a little accident at home. He was fixing his tire, had a flat tire, whatever. And then when he got up, um, he made some sort of movement or somebody was close by. Something caused him to to trip and fall. And unfortunately, he didn't brace his fall with his hands. And he fell on his, um, I guess, side or abdomen where the ribs are. And he broke his he broke his ribs, which I understand. I've never had it happen but i understand it's a very very painful um situation so the ambulance had to come for him and we're hoping that he's having uh, the first night is always the worst when you have an accident right so hopefully he's on his way to recovery um but yes i mean let's let's watch a video clip here i haven't previewed any of these clips but let me see now where did this one go thank you kevin for clipping these for us so that we can at least watch um, some of what went down. So on Friday, um, Cabinet did, uh, you know, uh, presented the budget, the new premiere. And again, this was something that was a point of contention with Wayne Panton. And that's another reason why they had to get uh, get rid of Wayne. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about how McKeever Bush is now a Cabinet Secretary. The man has multiple criminal charges in court. And so I want y'all to be very, very clear that despite Juliana walking around thumping her Bible 24-7, I am sorry, but if that's what a Christian is, if she is a Christian, I'm afraid to be a Christian because that can't be the definition of a Christian. You sat in the PPM government, never spoke out about what this man did when he physically assaulted a woman, never did anything about it. Now he has a rape charge and then other charges against women, groping them, biting them, doing all kinds of stuff, civil servants, no less. And you, a so-called Christian principled woman, puts him in a cabinet secretary position. But you see, that was part of the deal why he took the um, the PAC government down. He wanted He wanted his court cases to disappear. He wanted money from Wayne Panton. He couldn't get any of those things. Instead, Wayne Panton had to fire him as Speaker of the House. And what does he turn around and do? Bring down the government. And Julian now is delivering on the things that he needed. 
It is so, these people are so unscrupulous. I can't even wrap my brain around it. I know people who are big time sinners that have more standards than this woman who professes to be a God-fearing individual. Have a look at this, folks. I can't believe it. There, Mr. Speaker, we advanced several capital projects also aim at increasing the school's capacity to accommodate the growing population in their respective communities. Mr. Speaker, as a part of these efforts, you'd be happy to hear, seeing that it's your constituency and you have advocated for it for some time, work has now commenced on the new Year 6 block at the Red Bay Primary School and on converting the existing Year 6 area to reception classes. Additionally, work progressed on the construction of the Theoline McCoy Primary School Hall and a walking track that was established at the Creek and Spot Bay Primary Schools. As stated in the budget overview, we also have plans for the construction of a new Cayman Brack High School, a new high school in West Bay, a new hall at the Joanna Clark Primary School in Savannah, and the expansion of the Lighthouse School to include 11 additional teaching spaces. So you see, we're not just building the Kim and Brack High School. The Department of Educational Services Facilities team has implemented several smaller projects to enhance our school's physical infrastructure. These include the construction of a new wheelchair ramp at the Prospect Primary and the creation of a new student holding area at the Theoline McCoy Primary in Bordentown. Mr. Speaker, we are committed to providing world-class education to all our students in the Cayman Islands by fostering inclusive learning environments, investing in the state-of-the-art facilities. The question is often asked, who are we developing for? In order to break those ceilings, we have to do it through education. And after this minister have exited the stage of politics, no one should ask in their minds, who we were developing for. We were building, yes, state-of-the-art facilities for first-class citizens, not known as ghost Caymanians, but our belongers and Caymanians in this island we call home. My God. Okay. So she says, um, oh, just so y'all don't think that we're building just a black school, uh, here's a few other things. Okay, that's interesting. Because you've got overcrowding at, Cl at John Gray, Clifton Hunter. What are you doing about the overcrowding situation? There's no overcrowding in Cayman Brack. Do you actually need a $50 million facility? Which, by the way, I've never seen any government project. They say they're going to budget $50 million. It's going to go into overrun. So expect to end up paying probably closer to $75 million. Y'all don't have a hurricane facility in the Brack already? Really? I mean, not to say much, but the Brack hardly even gets touched by storms. Paloma was how many years ago? Before that, it was what, the 1932 storm? Someone said that the women in Cayman Brack, mothers had to come to Grand Cayman to have their babies um, and then look accommodation, which is really, really inconvenient. This person says the facility is a waste of funds. Us sensible Brackers realize that the school is needed long overdue, but $50 million is not necessary. That can be spread across healthcare, special need teachers and professionals, special need parents, 
of the daycare, um, of the daycare, sorry, were recently asked to keep their children home, um, home during the week that they had visitors slash were being assessed. Why? Because they don't want it seen that the staff they have aren't trained to cope with the special behavioral needs. You see, this is what Juliana needs to be focused on, substance, not a structure of a building that we have proven time and time again doesn't even improve education for children. Special needs children are suffering right now because of her. They have to satisfy when visiting special needs therapists. I need you to retype that for me. So it makes a bit more sense because I want to post it. But we get the gist of it. Plus, isn't a parrot sanctuary routine for the school, the black parrot sanctuary? Listen, it's a hot mess. It really and truly is. She looks like she should be dishing out lunches at a school, at a high school, not a premier of a country. Again, let's focus on the substance. Now she's getting her school. Remember what happened when Alden wanted his two schools? (laughs) And they do it at all costs. And it will cost the people of this country. Speaking of special needs, people who work in the educational system with special needs say that their children are suffering. They're in dire need of therapy for the SEMH diagnosis and can't get it because they have no health insurance. This boils their blood, they say, as teachers and government employees, and they have to be quiet. Caymanian children who need that extra attention so that they don't end up in the court system, so they don't end up in the penal system. When all they have are some learning challenges, some behavioral challenges, and they need a bit extra. They need therapy. They need specialists. Those are the things that they cannot get. But she's going to be able to find $50 million plus, plus, plus for a school in Cayman Brack. I'm just saying, pick sense from nonsense, folks. This is not going to be something that will ultimately benefit the people even of Cayman Brack. I know y'all feel a way. I understand. But she has been your MP. When did she get elected? How long has she been your MP for? Hold on. O'Connor, let me Google her and see. She's been there long enough. And I really need to ask you all, what has she done? She's 62 years old. And she has been there since, let's see. Um, uh, so she served as premier, it said, in 2012. So she was first elected in 1996. That's the year, ironically, that I came back to, I moved back to Cayman. So 1996, we're now in 2023. That is 27 years. I have to ask you, how beneficial has she been to the people of Cayman Brack in 27 years? You know the improvements that y'all could have had in the block in 27 years? She does not even want to address the drug problems you have there because I hear her family part of the problem. 
I'm just saying. The child, the rampant child molester, came in black. She don't want to talk about that either. Hello. Good morning, caller. She says she been there for 28 years, daughter. Day. Oh, 28. <laughs> All right. She said 28. She saw 28 years and not doing nothing. And just not to be so hypocritical about that dress she gonna look like she bought that from somebody. You see how big that like that for somebody that how broader shoulders and her. You see how the shoulders that look. She she there, Mister Speaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then listen. that hair, and then mm -hmm. that hairstyle. I mean, she when she go represent us, they can ask what what sticks or would she come out from? She told she she not dress as she want to wear her long sleeve, yes, because she could profess in question, and she want to wear her frocks down to her knee or her ankle, no ball. But I mean, come on, dress a little more. That dress outdated. It not. Ugly color, but look at that. Then look at her hair with this part and slick back. Look, Jesus, peace. No, sir. She, she, she need to go, man. <laughs> Tell me Panton wasn't more presentable than that. <laughs> they got asked when she, when she, uh, she come out of the sticks or the, the jungle or whatever. Our premiere? No, man. Uh -uh. But I never did like her from no. time from morning because they tried to crush my child one time. That's a long story, but she she's something else. No, mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. I don't know what we in for. I don't know what gonna happen for us. Mm -hmm. Lord, everybody better get her knees and pray because it's silent. It it been gone, but it worse now. It done now. We, we done. Thank you, honey. It's um, so sad. Yeah, thank you very much. Power hungry, so, power hungry. And I hear Makiba get one million or so. I forget how much turkey. They say he order you. You waiting for yours? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody said he get this big pile of money. All right, honey, we're out of time. How much turkey he order? So that that's why he's not going to wake up. That's why keeping him in. We're out of time. In we're, fridge and stove and whatever. Yeah, so we're out of a good feast for Christmas. We're out of time. Thank you, my dear. Um, we not gonna get we not gonna get none cut hours out. Yeah, I don't need I don't, none. I, I'm good. I need I do I don't even need them. <laughs> All right, Thank my dear. God. All right, folks. We're out of time. We'll pick up this conversation tomorrow because I'm not done with this conversation yet. Because we need to look at on the one hand, she's gonna give y'all uh each fifteen hundred dollars of civil servants. Yes. And everything now is gonna be increased because we never had the money to give out ten million plus dollars. Between SCGs, SCGs, yeah, um, and everything else, we never had the money. Now we all got paid for it with everything going up. This is bad financial management. This makes no sense. If we were teaching budgeting 101 in our schools, any high schooler could tell you that you don't give up money in the one end and then talk about you got increased fees over here because honestly, that meant that you never had the money to give out to begin with. This is nonsensical. This is downright stupid, if you ask me. Tomorrow, y'all have a blessed day. No overtime. I got to go rest my voice so that we can have a show tomorrow. All right? Y'all be good. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 